Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh, I love it when things are working. So let me just knock on some wood here. <laughs> oh, Marco says uh, good afternoon. I said good morning to him. I keep forgetting that uh, he's in uh, the Netherlands and the time zone's a little different. Well, all hell broke loose yesterday. The website wasn't up. Got about an hour and a half into the show. I had a, a fabulous, you know, world-class guest in uh, Naomi Wolf uh, coming on at nine, and the show, did, the website wasn't alive till eight thirty-five. Josie had an abbreviated twenty-minute report. And I invited uh, Dr. Judy Mikevitz to, to call in because I had a feeling that those two hadn't met. And I just thought it would be fascinating to get them together and see what happened. Uh, and it was. It was absolutely fascinating. So, so check out the show from uh, yesterday. That was, that was groundbreaking. That was just amazing. And I'm sure they're going to work together uh, in all kinds of different ways, which will be amazing also. All right. Let's get to Bill because we only have half an hour. And here we go. On tonight, Action Radio presents the Fetty Report. Good morning, Action Radio Land. Greg Penquisit, how are you? <laughs> You're gonna run out of names one day. I'm just gonna wait. I'm just waiting every week. Say, what's he gonna think of this time? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Like I say, I'm really happy things are working. Blog Talk fixed their uh, uh, their glitches, whatever they were. But the only thing I don't know is whether we get uh, three hours exactly or a little bit of overtime because I like to play my announcements at the end of the show. And a lot of times, the end of the show is like a little bit later. But uh, it's just, uh, you know, things are going so great here. We had Naomi Wolf and Judy Mikevitz yesterday. I've got Jason Shepard um, on uh, Thursday. Uh, I've got Jen McCarthy, who works, wrote a book with uh, Pierre Corey, the doctor, great COVID doc. Uh, today, Biakovar Creek has a person I haven't met, but I think it's going to be amazingly helpful, uh, Steve Stern. So Steve Stern of the, uh, uh, the Flag Shirt Company. And so we're going to talk to him in the third hour. So all in all, we're, we're going gangbusters. How are you doing? Just wonderful. Uh, you know, we got a lot of talk today. Uh, talk about today, obviously, There's a lot of stuff going on. We got uh, Speaker of the House vote today, but I want to start off with a question, mm. and, and this is on everyone's mind that we have to get resolved right now. Are you ready? Yeah, but you're really quiet, so I don't know if you can get closer or boost or any something. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, you're, you're always a little quiet for some reason. Yeah, and if I turn you up, then I then I get really loud myself. So there's a difference in our volumes, but. Uh, just give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So why is there a thing called grapefruit when there's a fruit already called grape? That's a really good question. Uh, why is there breadfruit when you don't bake it? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't name these things. <laughs> you know, so you, I, I, you, I do want to start off today. I'll just I'll <laughs> I'll kind of you missed, my phone here. Um, I just want to start off today with a shout out to Marco Rubio's office. Uh-huh. Um, they have they started something that you know for once social media actually was a good thing. Uh-huh. Um, DC Drano, who, who we've talked about many times on this show, uh-huh. um, you know they're based out of Florida here. Uh, they started posting and uh, for this 24 year old Navy vet who was discharged 
from the Navy after taking the COVID shot because the COVID shot gave them myocarditis. Mm-hmm. And they refused to give him benefits. No, they have to. They made him take the shot. Well, and the funny thing is well, the shot exactly. was illegal. So, so, but he, so D.C. Torino got a hold of this, uh-huh. uh, got in touch with Marco Rubio's office. They started a huge social media campaign, and then everyone got on board with it from Congress, and this 24-year-old vet now has benefits for the rest oh, of good. his life. So shout-out to Marco Rubio's office. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Where was Marco Rubio when the mandates were created? Where was Marco Rubio to say this is unconstitutional? You can't do this. Where was Marco Rubio to say where are the steps? Why are you doing this? What's in the vaccine? Is it in fact a vaccine or is it a genetic altering uh, uh, drug? You know, there are all kinds of things that Marco Rubio didn't do. So yes, he's he's late to the party and he did the right thing. But the problem was he, you know, we all were talking about this three years ago that you don't need a vaccine because we already had cures for COVID. The mandates were completely illegal. Uh, in fact, I have a, a friend that's been on the show a few times about this who refused to jab and got kicked out of the, of the Marines. And so this is, but they can't order. It's federal law. You can't order an experimental use uh, authorized drug. You have to make it voluntary. You know, people have the right to take it or refuse it, and they have to be given alternatives. That's right in federal law. I can pull up the law if you're interested, but yeah. So all these mandates are No, illegal. I mean, no, so, I, I'm not doubting so it. I just wanted to give yeah. a quick shout-out. Okay, uh, well, I shouted more. Because we have, I just want to extend because instead of always bashing people, you right. have to give them credit where credit is due oh, I do. in order for them to continue doing the right thing. Well, that's very true. And I, I try to give credit, you know, whenever I see credit out there. But uh, in this case, you gave them credit, and I said, okay, here's what you should have done. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Okay, so, but let's talk about last week's timeline. Because last week's timeline is really, uh, and and it kind of fell into yesterday also, or, or, you know, um, what was yesterday? Yeah, Monday also. Mm -hmm. So on Tuesday, Jim Jordan was named as a front runner for the Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan has always said that he will not fund Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Thursday, Hamas attacks Israel, as we all know at this point. Mm -hmm. Saturday, I'm watching uh, some news. On my Saturday morning, I usually catch up on the news for the week that I missed. And one of the reports when they're talking about Hamas was obviously Iran funds them. Biden gave Iran money. Therefore, Hamas had the money to do this. Mm -hmm. But what they decided to throw in there was Russia may have helped fund Hamas. Oh, of course, which is hysterical. And, and I saw I, that on Newsmax. Yeah, yeah. some Newsmax idiot. Yeah. Well, uh, the, well, what about Russia's involvement? I'm like, what, is this your talking point? And did Chris Ruddy tell you to do that because he hates Trump? You know, what, what, you know, it's like they can't let go of Russia, except the, the left loves Russia. They loved it when, St- when Stalin, you know, killed all the people. They loved it when, when Lenin walked in and, and assassinated the czar. They love that kind of stuff because they're leftists. They say, hey, power to the people, baby. You know, so this is a bunch of nonsense. Well, I mean, so so it, when it, the left condemns Russia after giving 20% of our uranium to them, which Hillary did, I'm just laughing. Anyway, go ahead. So this is all – this is not about the left or anything. This is about globalists, and this is about perpetual wars. And the fact that we had a speaker who was going to cancel Ukraine's funding, mm-hmm. the globalists now have – obviously, they've owned the media for a long time. Now mm-hmm. they're telling the media, hey, throw Russia into this so that America will keep backing Ukraine. 
And that's what this is really all about. Then you have Miss Globalist well, herself, <laughs> Nikki Haley. <laughs> they don't back you know, Israel. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have Miss Globalist, Nikki Haley, comes out Monday mm-hmm. saying, America was attacked. We need mm. to finish off Iran. Well, first mm. of all, America was not attacked. It was Israel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for us to jump into this at this point is very foolish. Uh, and let's not forget, Israel attacked our warship back in 1979. What was that one called? <laughs> okay. No, I remember that. What, what was that warship called? Because I remember it. Uh, I remember the story. There's three famous ships, you know, the Mayaguez, the Pueblo. Uh, the Mayaguez Ford rescued the crew. The Pueblo got taken by North Korea, and they stayed there for years. Uh, and then there was, what was the ship? The Independence or something? What was it? I know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, it, I, I, had it, I had it in my mind earlier today, and I completely uh-huh. forgot what it is. Do you know why they did that? Was it a mistake, or was it uh, that they weren't, we weren't close allies at that point? What was the reason for it? Do you remember that? Hey, Greg, I need to um, – I, I don't remember. I need you to talk for one second. I need, I need to do something real quick. Okay, just mute yourself. All right, I, me talk for one second? <laughs> That's easy. Anyway, just to promo today, we've, we're full. We've got uh, Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God Report uh, at the bottom of the hour. We've got to the top of the next hour. We've got uh, Bonnie Nesbitt with the B word. So, so Bonnie's got a whole report. I gave her a ton of things to look up. And Bianca Von Krieg, our, our progressive reporter from the, the West Coast, well, not ours, is you know, joining the show here. Uh, she's actually running for uh, uh, office right now, so it, it's quite fascinating. Uh, has bring, okay, bring sorry, Steve Stern. And so to have a progressive, you know, Bianca bring, you know, conservative Steve Stern to the show, I really want to know how these two met. But uh, Mike Lindell is involved in it, too. So uh, it's going to be an interesting hour. All right. Back to you, Bill. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. We just have some issues going on that I had to address real quickly. Yeah, that's okay. I, um, hey, listen, I mute my phones, I mute myself, you know, constantly when things happen. Usually when I'm sneezing halfway across <laughs> the room. But anyway, that's another story. Yes. Yeah, so, so let's mm-hmm. go back to Miss Globalist Nikki Haley. You know, she came mm-hmm. out and... Uh, you know, so that we need to finish off Iran. So here we go. You know, there's only, you know, there's only two countries, I believe, left, maybe three countries left that don't have central banks. Iran, Russia, and I think there is one in Africa that still does not. It, it, once again, my mind has slipped me, and I apologize. I mean, a lot of times I do that, too. I'll think of things on the show. You think, gee, I should have looked this up. But you know, until you, you get there, you know, people don't realize yeah. how spontaneous we are. Now, Russia is a centrally controlled economy and has – well, at least it was. You know, from the czar was central controlled. The monarchy held the treasury. Uh, under communism, there was – you know, they, the, the, the communist party was the treasury. <laughs> so, you know, and they confiscated everything uh, and destroyed what they didn't confiscate. So to not have a central bank in Russia is not a big surprise. But you're saying that China does have a central bank which is interesting because they're communist also. Well, yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, aren't they, um, you know, of course, they're the head of uh, the U.N., which is controlling all of this right now. Um, But, you know, but Russia does have a – technically they have a central bank, but it's run by Putin. It's not run by the globalists. Um, So so that's what they're mad at. So that's why they're mad at Putin. Yeah, this, so Putin, Putin's yeah, really interesting exactly. character. We should do an in-depth study of Putin because I want to because he's always been made the demon. I don't think he's anywhere near as evil. I think he's an absolute. He's a Russian nationalist, and obviously he's power hungry and loves it. And he's but uh, I don't see him setting up gulags for his people. I don't see him, you know, doing a concentration camp thing like Stalin. You know, I I don't see him invading countries like Hitler. 
you know, he's going taking part of uh, Ukraine that the, the Ukrainians want anyway, because they don't want to be associated with Ukraine. So it's really quite fascinating what's going on. But contrast Ukraine and Israel. You know, they, they want the war in Ukraine. Uh, and why, would, why is Nikki Haley talking about a war in Iran when we're basically funding Iran and giving them the nuclear uh, weapons? That, that, you know, that makes no sense. They want a strong well, it really Iran. doesn't make any sense. They, they don't and want to I, I think this is a, Well, okay, I think this is a twofold thing. Uh, uh-huh. The first fold is that she's running for president, so therefore she's got to make some kind of comment uh, in support of Israel. Um, so her comment is, let's finish off Iran. Uh-huh. Um, the second part is that she is a globalist, so if Jim Jordan does get in as speaker, uh, the, the funding no longer goes to Ukraine, so the funding needs to go somewhere for the globalists to survive. So let's reallocate it all and let's go after Iran. Now, that doesn't make any sense, though, because we just gave them $6 billion to uh, invade Israel. You know, they left. In fact, I, I put a post on last night on Facebook that uh, since uh, the, the Obama and Biden had surrendered in Afghanistan on purpose to give $85 billion worth of our weapons, you know, to Muslim terrorists, uh, they just gave $6 billion plus billions more over the years to Iran to fund terrorism. Why don't we just hand over uh, Obama and Biden to Israel as war criminals? Because that's pretty much what they are. Well, yeah, it, it, that's what they need to be because you figure – uh, six billion went to Iran in cash that Obama did admit to uh, his last day in office. Right. Uh, oh, then, the flying in ones, and, the pallets of cash. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, and then Biden just did the same thing. Of course, mm-hmm. Hamas, Hamas has all the all the resources that they need. Uh, mm-hmm. They were given all this money. They have everything they absolutely need to to go after Israel. Uh, what? But once again, they just don't realize, and I don't think Biden and Obama realize, is that. Israel has more more money than Hamas still, and they they could wipe them out at any time they wanted to. The Palestinian mm-hmm. quote unquote state would not exist, and if Israel had no heart, but Israel has a heart, they allow them well, to coexist. They're they're kind of stupid. Let me let me give you my my one state solution real quick. Israel. In Israel, Israel has to do three things. Take Gaza, take Golan, and take the West Bank and make them Israel. That's my solution. Uh, and if people don't like that, then go live in any one of the other Arab countries, which are, you know, 100 times larger than Israel in total area. And most of the, the Palestinians are from Jordan anyway. <laughs> so you go back to Jordan. But the West Bank Well, actually, the Palestinians came from the Ottoman Empire in Turkey, and uh, right. they— they migrated into Israel. Yeah, uh, so if, no, if you want to no talk Palestine. about going home, yeah, yeah, there is no Palestine. There never has been. If, if Palestine wants a home, go back home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Israel is not your home. It never was. And, yeah, and on yeah. top of that, if Israel really did not want Palestine there, they would mm-hmm. have wiped out that mosque that sits on the t- Temple Mount. Oh yeah, no. Well, and there there, there are plenty of, of Palestinians living in Israel peacefully. There are plenty of Muslims living in Israel peacefully. So the question is, and this is the choice that, that you should give the people in Gaza, Israel should give them. You have a choice. You can, you can be, become part of Israel, as we're going to take it over anyway, and you can live peacefully, as other Arab Muslims do in Israel and are quite successful. Or if you're going to be a militant terrorist, you're out of here. You're going to go somewhere else. And we'll find out, you know, we'll pick a, you know, and we'll see. That's going to be the interesting part is because the other Arab countries, they don't want the Palestinians. If they did, they'd take a section of their country and declare it, you know, a state, have their own state. You could take part of Egypt. You could take part of Jordan, part of Syria. You could take part of Saudi Arabia. It's huge. So make that Palestine. Go there. <laughs> but, don't, but don't stay next to Israel in, on Israeli territory. That's my solution. 
the one-state solution. Well, and they're really at the end of the day, there is only going to be a one-state solution, and I don't mm-hmm. know if this is going to be the time or not. Um, you know, but the one thing I always found very interesting: anytime mm-hmm. Hamas attacks Israel, Israel retaliates. Everyone jumps on Israel, and then all the politicians they go meet Netanyahu. They never go meet with the Hamas. You know, Plus, uh, they get killed. Leader. <laughs> They're not stupid. Well, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, yeah, but, well, but no, it's I'm, always it's always Gaza, Israel yeah. that uh-huh. has to start the peace talks and uh-huh. and cease fire, while uh-huh. Hamas keeps launching weapon you know weapons at them all day long. But oh, yet, did you hear about that? Always... that? That's the first thing that uh, the, the branded insurrection said. We have to have peace. We need a ceasefire. No, you don't, you stupid idiots. You need to go after Hamas and get them out of Gaza. You know, I mean, this is just stupid what they're talking about. Yeah, they're always calling Israel, yeah. and Israel always has to give up land. No, if you want land for peace, Israel needs more land. More land for Israel means more peace. Gaza, Golan, yep. and the West Bank. You make those, Israel takes those back, makes them part of Israel, defends them, puts up settlements, and, and makes them, and, and gives them a choice. Stay as Israeli or get the hell out. That's how you do it. Hey, Pianchi, you want to get in on this? Yeah, I want to know when... Uh... New York is going to have a King Jeffrey denounce his uncle Leonard. Kwame Jeffries, when he's going to denounce his uncle Leonard, who's anti-Semite. And Black Lives Matter, who support Hamas. And NFL and NBA players, they support Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Now, Pianke, did you hear Amari Stoudemire's rant? Uh, over the weekend? I didn't hear it, but I can imagine what it was. It was the most beautiful thing that I had maybe have ever heard from an NBA player. Amari Stoudemire uh, went on, tw- on his Twitter. For those of you who don't know, he used to be the center for – I don't even think he's playing anymore, but uh, he used to be the center for the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, Amari Stoudemire, um, very good player. But he uh, went on his Twitter account, I think it was Sunday morning, and said, hey, or Saturday morning, something like that. And it's like, hey, I woke up and I see all these women being killed, all these children being raped. And yet here's Black Lives Matter keeping their mouth shut. I mean, he used some explicitives in, in there. Uh, but you know, keeping your mouth shut saying that you need to investigate this more. What is there to investigate? You got women and children being dragged through the streets on video, and you won't denounce it. Who who are you really for? And he went off on Black Lives Matter. He went off on the Democrat Party. Went off on Biden. I mean, he went off on everybody. It was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen come out of an NBA player's mouth. Why don't you post um, that speech? And, well, look Can you what, post it? look at the suffering that uh, Curvy Irving done. Uh, received because of his statements from the ADL and uh, what's the other car that not West but the other rapper. You know, I've lived long enough to see atrocities from both sides. Well, I'm not going to get into this because uh, yeah. Greg ain't got I really don't want to get into that. But what I'm saying is just like you say, the NBA, the NFL, and other entities in Major League Baseball, they was all supporting Black Lives Matter. Matter of fact, the NBA gave him two hundred and fifty million dollars toward causes like that. Now, where are they standing today? You need to 
remind them of that. Exactly. I don't see much. I don't hear much from Black Lives Matter. They bought their mansions. They've got their money. They're probably already retired at thirty-two. You know, so uh, they don't have to do anything else. Black Lives Matter Chicago, Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, all support Hamas and what's happening to Israel. Exactly, and and it's 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 so sad. It really is sad that it's really come to that that we're going to support known terrorists. That are on video, taking videos of raping women, killing children, dragging a woman naked through the street. I mean, they're videoing it, and they're proud of it. And we got people here in America who are cheering it on. Has Congress defunded the Palestinian uh, operation yet? No. Of course not. You know, they could do it. That's the other thing, too. Yeah. They could do it. They, They should be doing it right now instead of voting for a speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you, know, you they, need a speaker, but uh, but where are the states? Where are the governors? Where are the governors? You know, screaming at Congress, stop the money going to Gaza and Hamas. Where are they? Well, yeah. So Ron DeSantis already came out and is defunding anything, and uh, um, he put a he, he did something to stop Iranian businesses from uh, getting business licenses in the, in Florida. Uh, I mean, he's doing what he can without legis- without um, the legislators being in office right now because they don't mm-hmm. come back until January. Um, mm. But he's doing some things right now to kind of stop it. Of course, you know, is he doing it just because of you know, run for president? For president? Yeah, of course. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. but, I mean, well, but even when he was his... governor before, he's put, stop, he's put stop to a couple different things in the past, too, so... Oh, yeah, he's a great governor. He just shouldn't be running for president. But mm-hmm. here's a staggering statistic yeah. I heard yesterday. Uh, we've given, not we, the, the Brandon-Obama insurrection has given uh, Ukraine some $150 billion in total so far, right, since the war started or maybe even before it. The entire amount we've given Israel ever is only $187 billion because they get about $3 billion a year. So right. Ukraine, in like a year and a half, has almost equaled the total money we've given to Israel. So if we had 110 billion for Ukraine, we easily had, you know, half of that for Israel. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I'll even go a little bit further. Is I mean, do we need to keep funding Israel? Is my question. Okay. Well. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, do we need to be funding anybody? I mean, I, I don't mean just Israel, because I'm not anti-Semitic or anything like that. No, no, no. I you can, you can Israel. question Israel without being labeled an yeah. anti-Semite. That would be stupid. That's, you know, that's like talking about a black leader if you're a white person makes you racist. No, it doesn't. That's, that's insane. We talk about that all the time. But it's a good question. But we also, but that was a peace, that's actually by peace treaty. Remember the uh, Camp David Accords with Jimmy Carter? Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin, right. remember when they met? Well, Begin, you know, uh, Anwar Sadat wanted aid. He said, well, you're going to pay me. You're going to have peace with Israel. You, it's going to cost you. So they got $3 billion. So Israel said, well, hey, if you're going to give him $3 billion, you've got to give me $3 billion too. Come on. What's going on here? We've got to make a deal, right? So you just see Menachem Begin, right? So that's why the, Israel gets $3 billion. It's actually by peace treaty. Yeah, uh, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, no, it, actually, peace treaty does matter. <laughs> you have to change well, the yeah, treaty. Well, yeah, it does matter, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's why Israel well, yeah. gets money. Yeah, but yeah, but it, it's time to cut all foreign aid across the whole world. Um, we are not an ATM machine. We should not be mm-hmm. an ATM machine when now we have veterans on the street. Um, mm-hmm. You know, last weekend I was, or two weekends ago, I was in Navarre, Florida, 
for the third mm-hmm. annual uh, Veteran Suicide Awareness, where mm-hmm. all last year, it, it, the stat video. I saw, yeah, what well, the stat I saw, which was very, um, um, really touched me very strongly, was last year, mm-hmm. uh, 22 soldiers died in conflict mm-hmm. in America. 22 veterans die every day of suicide. Mm-hmm. And it's, no, it's and, yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are spending money on Ukraine, Israel, many, many African nations, um, and all, the warlords are just getting richer uh, while we have veterans who actually served our country who are out on the streets and committing suicide uh, who mm-hmm. don't know where to go get help at, and their families yeah. are, are, are at a loss. So, well, the I mean, single the money best way, here. yeah, the best way to stop suicides of military people is to stop having stupid foreign wars. No more Iraqs, yeah. no more Afghanistan, no more Vietnams, no more Koreas, no more Bosnias, no more any of the stupid wars that we've had. Um, but I'll tell you, as far as foreign aid goes, I would make an exception for Israel because Israel is our ally, is our friend, uh, and is in a very precarious position. There's no other country I know of that is that small, that has that many enemies around it ready to kill them just for being Jewish, just for being who they are. So the, Israel is the one case I would make an exception. I have no problem with aid for Israel, military aid. You know, and they've got the soldiers. They've got more soldiers than we do. They've got 300,000 people mobilized. Yep. Well, our, our Marines are only 185,000 combat Marines. We have more bureaucrats armed at 287,000 than we have Marines at 185,000. Let's send our bureaucrats yep. over. Let them go fight. You know, detail them to Israel. Say, here, we're going we're gonna to do a well, change program. <laughs> yeah, and, the IRS yeah but Greg, if, if you uh-huh. defund all these countries, mm-hmm. th- there's no more war. Because they're not going to have money to fight a war. Exactly. <laughs> no, money, I agree with you. No, you're absolutely money. right. Yeah. Get rid of the foreign aid. Uh, bring prosperity to them by, by leading by example. Saying, look, you can have – anybody in the world can have the prosperity America used to have simply by having freedom and removing corruption. That's all it takes. More freedom, less corruption, you get prosperity. Pianchi? That's why I changed my uh, telephone service to Pure Talk because they support programs that – work to prevent suicide suicides among the U.S. veterans, which hmm. is a major problem. I wonder if they sponsor us. I should talk to them. Pure talk. I'm going to write that down. I might, I might even mess with that myself. Bill, you got about yeah. three minutes. Well, actually, I'm just going to cut it short right here. I think that we're at a great stopping point. Um, you know, just, just pay attention to, you know, to everyone out there, just pay attention to the words that are being said and slid into these news reports because what they're doing is they're slowly trying to manipulate you into having feelings that are really not supposed to be there. Um, and so, you know, and we're, we're going to see it, you know, globalists are going to always start wars. Um, and one last thing I want to say is as much as I want Jim Jordan to be speaker, I just don't see it happening today. I, um, I know I'm kind of open up in this can of words, but, it kind of looks like Scalise may end up being our Speaker of the House. Uh, but I do need to go earn my dollar for today, um, and okay. we'll talk more next week. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. And I'm going to start playing um, some of our announcements because they may have changed the policy here at Blog Talk and only given me exactly three hours as opposed to a little over You know what, so gonna... uh, Greg? Real quickly. Go ahead. They talk about Hakeem Jeffries being Speaker of the House. Well, why don't they make him? Why don't they ask him to denounce his position of his uncle? Like they make well, I, everyone else denounce things. Oh, agreed. But the Republicans now, anyway, don't do I'll that let you go. All right. Hold on. We'll be right back with uh, Wendy. 
Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. All right, let's get to Wendy. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? 
Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. Yeah, so I think uh, Blog Talk's taken away our overtime, so I have to squeak in all our announcements during the show, which is probably a better idea anyway, uh, so people will have more chance to listen rather than go, oh, it's the commercials at the end. Okay, fine. Hi, Wendy. We're working today. <laughs> Everything's on. It started on time. The website's working, you know. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I know yesterday God's was got our back. but you know. <laughs> We're doing well, yeah. Yeah. Well, so how are you this morning? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, I actually rested. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yesterday was not. Everything went wrong. The, like I say, the site went down. I had an echo. I had to disconnect yeah. myself. I had to call in by phone. But we managed to get two incredible people together. I don't know if you heard yesterday, though, but we had uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf and Dr. Judy Mikovits on together, and they'd never talked to each other. That was unbelievable. So <laughs> when are you going to back? Go ahead. I will definitely have to go back and listen to that because, you know, I, they're both amazing people, so. Yeah, um, and I had a feeling they'd never talk. So I, I texted Judy beforehand. I said, hey, Judy, you ever talk to Naomi Wolf? She said, no. So, okay, well, why don't you talk, call in tomorrow? She's like, okay. <laughs> I have friends. You do have good friends. Well, oh, um, yeah. all the things that are happening in the world, mm-hmm. um, focusing on Israel right now, mm. and I see so many differing opinions um, as people thinking um, th- those who um, were born after 1960, um, are pretty much clueless about what's uh, happening uh, in Israel and why. Mm-hmm. And um, and those who were born before that, um, either they don't follow history or they don't know scripture or they're just Democrats. So, um, <laughs> well, who, who, who don't want to know history or follow scripture. So yeah, you got kind of a, you got a twofer in that, but this is, this is a great right. topic because there's a lot of misconceptions about the origins of Israel. Uh, the fact that, that most people don't know there is no Palestine. There's never been a, a country of, you know, and we were talking earlier, most of these folks are from the Ottoman empire, uh, which was Turkey or was Turkey now or Jordan. And so you can clear up right. the, the historical record and, uh, let's, uh, let's sort this out. Let's sort out the players. Yeah, well, first off, um, Israel, Jerusalem, God created that, and mm-hmm. it's it's His desire that that piece of the world that He created, that He calls the apple of His eye, mm-hmm. um, is is never going to be taken. We have um, Israel has tried to. Um, bow to the pressure. No, no, they didn't try. They did. They did bow to the pressure of everybody around the world trying to get Israel, who has this little tiny sliver of land, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to to give away even more of that little tiny sliver of land to, quote-unquote, Palestinians. So, <clears throat> and then, um, but that's not, you know, they've been offered the Gaza Strip. They've been offered... Um, land in Jordan, they've been offered all kinds of stuff, and they refuse because what do they really want? They want Jerusalem. Why is that a big deal? What, this this little tiny town of Jerusalem, or it's grown now, but it's this insignificant compared to the size of all other 
uh, countries around it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. What does Jerusalem mean? Uh, is, does that, uh, what does that translate to? Um, it's part is it's, it's really two words into one, but it is, is Yeru, which is a form of Yahweh, and uh-huh. Selim, um, you know, king. This is where you know, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit have, have crowned this part of the world as theirs. Okay. And so, and, and peace, you know, peace in Jerusalem, peace in the holy city. So here, here we are um, wanting to understand, or at least hopefully people are wanting to understand, what, what is this all really about? Because it doesn't make sense that all these countries surrounding Israel, who literally are a thousand times bigger than they are, what is it about Israel that they not only want to take Jerusalem, but they want to wipe out all Jewish people there? Why? Heard that before? <laughs> you know, this is this is a a common theme now uh, with with leftists. You know, in other words, like Hitler and uh, and you know Arabs and, and Muslims. And so, is there any? I guess is there anything these folks either joined up, had in common, worked together, and what is the reason why both you know Nazis and uh, Muslims, not all Muslims obviously, but uh, you know Muslims that hate Jews, uh, these two seem to have the same you know goal of just wiping Jews off the face of the earth. What what possible you know logic reason, or is it just based on pure hatred? And and where did that come from? Big question, well, I know. It has Maybe to another back. day. Yeah, it goes. It goes back to Abraham, okay, and uh, Abraham and Sarah, because when they were younger, uh, you know, Sarah was was barren and um, couldn't have children, and Abraham and Sarah were told by God that they would have a son. So here they are, all excited when they have you know, in their, when they're in their childbearing years, that they're actually going to have a son. Mm-hmm. Um, but years go by, and they don't have a son, and they don't have a child of any kind. It's just nothing. Hmm. So then they get to the point where they are in their 90s, obviously past childbearing age. And Sarah has a handmaiden, a servant girl, and she tells Abraham, and this is what happens when we think that the Lord needs help. Hmm. <laughs> When we don't trust that his sovereign plan really is sovereign, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that maybe he just needs a little help, maybe he's busy doing something else, and we'll just kind of help him out. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, so Sarah tells Abraham, um, take Hagar, my servant girl, and let her bear you a son. And then at least our name carries on, and, you know, and the promise comes to pass. So... Abraham says, okay, you know, we're getting up there, maybe this is the way. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes Hagar, she bears him a son whose name is what? Ishmael. Mm -hmm. Ishmael, Abraham loved his son. I mean, truly loved his son, Ishmael. Well, about the time Ishmael was 15, God comes down and touches Abraham and Sarah, and they conceive, and they have their son, Isaac, which means Hmm. laughter. Hmm. And that's the son of promise. 
Ishmael is not the son of promise. Ishmael is the son of let's do it ourselves. Huh. And let, let's see if we can interrupt the, the holy plan of God with our own way. So Ishmael was born first, and, um, and God did not hate Ishmael. It's just that he was not the son of promise. The son of promise was Isaac that God hmm. gave Abraham and Sarah when they were 99 and 90. So here we are with two nations. And he told Abraham, I will make your son a great nation. Well, he did. Well, after, let, let's back up to the, the relationship between Sarah and Hagar. Everything was fine until Hagar gave birth to a son. Then all of a sudden, Hagar says, well, I bore the son, and you're not the head of the house anymore. It's me, because I bore him a son. Well, how do you think that went? <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a reality show in biblical times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the, and Sarah's like, oh, hell to the no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this ain't flying in my house. <laughs> so she tells Abraham, you take that woman, and you take that child, and you kick them out. They ain't staying here. They yeah. they don't have to go home, but they can't stay here. <laughs> this hurt uh, Abraham because he loved Ishmael, but he knew Sarah was his wife, and Hagar was being impudent, uh, and so they had to go. So he sends her out with some food and says, "You know, you got to go." So she starts going out across the desert, mm-hmm. and they run out of food and all that kind of stuff and she realizes that I have really blown it and hmm. I my now my child are going to die. So she puts Ishmael under a, some scrub brush that was growing out in the desert and she kept going because she couldn't stand to hear the baby cry and she knew it was going to die. And she cried out to the God of Abraham and said, help me, save my baby. So God answers her and says, don't worry, I will take care of him, and he will become a great nation. And that had to, the promise that God had made to Abraham had to be kept. So Ishmael became a great nation, but he was not the son of promise. Isaac became a great nation, but he was the son of promise. So here we are with the current dilemma. Muslims claim Ishmael is the firstborn of Abraham because they all Christians and Muslims believe in Abraham and and call him Father Abraham because okay. he, he created the nations, right? So, right. Uh, but so here's where where the problem comes in because Muslims Hence think the Ishmael is the right. It it is yeah is the firstborn and and in that culture the firstborn gets all the rights. Right. Right. So, but God said, this is not the firstborn I chose, the firstborn they chose. I chose Isaac. He's the son of promise. Therefore, here comes um, God's favor upon Isaac and his descendants. So, the Jews know Isaac is the son of promise. The okay. Muslims think Ishmael should have all the rights because he was the firstborn. 
So this is where the enmity comes because there's two great nations now, two great nations, and they differ on who has the right to the land. Well, God is the one who said... Well, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) We said that explained to me 30 years ago. But uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Hmm. So now we have God Mm -hmm. saying Israel is his, Israel is forever. And you can send every nation in the world, which is coming, by the way, against Israel, but they are going to prevail because God will not let Israel be taken out. That's the apple of his eye, and Mm -hmm. it is nobody's land, including the Jews, to give away, which they attempted to do to try to keep peace in the world because they were told, you know, know, peace from happening because you won't give away your your country. Hello? (laughs) Well, you can't give away – if you give away your country, you don't have a country to to have peace, you know, for or with. You know, and my solution – I've been talking about this for years, the one-state solution, which is more land for peace. Instead of Israel giving away land for peace, take more land because everything that is part of Israel is peaceful. So Israel needs the Golan, needs Gaza, and needs the West Bank. Take those things, put them under Israel, and say, stay if you're peaceful, and if you're not, we're going to get you the hell out of here, and you can go somewhere else. You'd have peace, at least in, the, in, that, that, yeah. in those borders of Israel. So, so which leads to the question, why? I guess Gaza is technically part of Egypt, or is it an independent state? And it's such a miserable little piece of land. Why doesn't Israel just, just make it part of Israel? No, Gaza was part of Israel. Okay. And and that that it divides, and um, if everybody will go to the Oh My God page, um, <laughs> on on the Action Radio Oh My God Report page, I just um, love you that will name. see uh, a, a map I put up there. Oh, good. And okay. it's, it's, it's a color it map, and so if you uh-huh. look at this little tiny uh, blue little spot <laughs> on the, the tiny little thing in the middle. That's Israel, yeah. And Jordan was part of Israel at one time before it got taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Syria, uh, Turkey, and Egypt all surrounding Israel. Mm-hmm. And all of these want to wipe out Israel. Yeah. And, and so they are surrounded, literally surrounded on all sides by their enemies. And it. It doesn't make sense when you look at this map with all the huge amounts of land they have, why they would want that little tiny spot of Israel. Well, they'll always want a spot. Yeah. Go ahead. Because um, if there is no Israel, then then they, in their eyes, they think that they have finally uh, conquered the enemy and it's, it's all theirs, which they think is rightfully theirs anyway. Right. Um, totally ignoring what, what scriptures say. And, and by the way, that's all in the first five books. Um, um, and it's also in, in if the Quran would actually, you know, quote scripture instead of their own uh, self-written history. Um, yeah, they would see where, where the borders were. It lays out everything about Israel and about when uh Abraham was, was marking out the land because the Lord mm-hmm. said, wherever your foot trods is yours. 
and it became the nation of Israel. So, so what are the original boundaries? Um, I, I know things have changed. I was reading about, uh, you know, the Ottomans and, and of course that they dissolved after World War One, and then Turkey, I guess, was created, and France uh, created Syria and Lebanon, and and England, uh, you know, sort of had Israel, and they carved out a place and called it Palestine, and it was just it was just a mess. And Iraq was created out of who knows what. Yeah, you know, but all these different countries well, were just made up. They're not real borders. They're not. Uh, they're no, not based Iran, on nations or people. Yeah. Well, Persia. But Israel did have borders. Israel right. did, and and God's the one who laid them out um, to the north, south, east, and west. Mm-hmm. So um, I encourage everybody to go uh, read in Genesis, Genesis and Exodus, and also um, Numbers also has some of that uh, because mm-hmm. it, it tells each tribe in each of the twelve tribes of Israel which. Uh, parts of the land was theirs. So we need to go into 12 tribes, too. Yeah. Do what? We need to go into 12 tribes at some point. We need to continue the history. Yeah. Well, anyway, the Palestinians um, are claiming that, you know, um, that they have the right to, to this land of Palestine. There is no Palestine. There, There wasn't Palestine until the 1960s. Okay. Palestine was a region. That would be like me saying, um, yes, I'm from the country of the southeast. <laughs> yes. I'm from the south. It's a nation. Yes. God damn it. I got my pickup truck. I got my rifle. Yeah. I'm a southern. It's my country. I got a passport and everything. Sorry. The southeast is a region. It's yeah. not a town. It's not a country. It's It's mm-hmm. a region. So Palestine was a region in Israel. So... Um, here they are claiming that this is, you know, their Jewish state, you know, <laughs> um, and and that's that's not it. You know, the, it, there never was a Palestine, okay? So um, that, that's something that was made up. And so here, and, and the thing about the, the Palestinian region that, that they're claiming is all there. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote all of this on, and I put this down on the, Oh my God! Action Radio page. Um, I'm looking and, at the map right now. Uh, yeah, I've got the map on my phone here. Yeah. Well, between World War One and Two, part of Palestine's land was owned by absentee landlords, and they lived in Cairo and Damascus and Beirut. Mm-hmm. And the Jews legally purchased land from the absentee landowners um, that were living in Arab capitals, and the Jews went out of their way to avoid purchasing land in areas where Arabs might be displaced. I mean, they were trying to, to get along. They were trying to have peace with all the neighbors who were all enemies. <laughs> yeah. so, so, the, so the Jews actually sought out land that was um, cheap land, cheap land without tenants. I mean, pretty much borderline uninhabitable, but they were choosing that to keep peace. So the whole history of this written out. Um, And this was given to me um, specifically by Prince Handley, um, who is a Messianic Jew and a rabbi and just incredibly intelligent man. um, Let's come on the show. It's another special. Okay. Okay. Um, When I first started the Oh My God report, I had uh, Prince Handley on once, and um, he's a talker, but boy, does he know his stuff. Um, but anyway, so he, he knows all about the history of Israel and he, and, um, and and everything to do with the Jewish, you know, customs and laws and beliefs and and then 
now the Christian beliefs because he's he's now a Christian uh, Jew. So he's a fascinating man. But anyway, so um, he provided a lot of this information. And I just wanted people to understand um, that Israel actually did offer the Muslim people um, of of British Palestine, as we'll call it that, um, the entire kingdom of Jordan. The entire area of Jordan, which is twice the size of Israel. Mm-hmm. And you know what they did? They said no. The PLO. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, the PLO revolted against the Jordanian government and blew that entire deal. And when they were offered, um, Israel offered the Palestinians 97% of the, land, of the land that they claimed to be fighting for in 2000. Israel is the only country who has ever offered them land and to offer their own state. And you know what they did? It was 97% of the land. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted 100. They, they wanted 100, so they rejected it with absolutely no counteroffer at all. And yep. Israel made a similar offer again in 2008 with the same result. You know, Israel's like a like a, a battered spouse. <laughs> you know, they keep going back for, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, well, we'll just give you this. You know, well, maybe you'll, maybe you'll be nice this time, and you can't do it. This is why I like Benjamin Netanyahu there. But uh, you know, so so is this um, part of biblical prophecy? What's happening right now? Because my solution, as I talked to Bill earlier, and I've been saying, you know, for years, is a one state solution. You can't give away land and get peace. You know, if you want, Israel can have peace with more land. <laughs> you know, and we already mentioned it, Golan, West Bank, and uh, Gaza have to become part of Israel. Uh, but there are many, many Arab Muslims living quite happily in Israel because it's a prosperous, free country, and they're doing really well. So they're not a problem. Why do they accept Israel? Yes, they are. How, how well, do they accept the, Israel? And, and, well, and here's the thing, that... Um, the ones who hate Israel are never going to be happy with just taking Jerusalem either. They won't be happy until all Jews are wiped off the face of the earth. Right. And so because of the, the enmity between Ishmael and Isaac. That's a long time and to hold it, a grudge. It goes back. You know, are they taught that? Are Muslims taught that? That Ishmael yeah. is. So how does that work? is what they're taught. So they grow up believing, hating Jews, because they stole our land. Well, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> they did not. And yeah. and everything that Israel has is supposed to be theirs. Is their, That's their rightful um, stuff and land right. that, the, that Israel has, and, and they are the bad guys because they took it from us, and then we want it. So the continual. Allah is on their side. So yeah. what's the origin, what's the origin of the word Allah? Where does that come from? It, it, well, it's, it's a Muslim thing. And, you know, just like, um, and they believe, now this is the craziest thing, but they believe that Jesus existed. They're not denying Jesus. They're saying he right. was a prophet. Right. They don't believe he's the son of God. They believe Allah is the son of God. Um, and, and Muhammad and all that kind of stuff. And, and but Allah all wasn't a person. Muhammad was a person, but Allah wasn't a person. Or well, no, the same you can't thing? tell them that. <laughs> okay. Allah, that in, in their was... eyes, is, okay. is God, you know, the overall God, just like we have the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, you know, and God the Son being Jesus. They don't believe that. Allah is God the all over, you know, the, the umbrella God. 
um, and Muhammad is his uh, son and his servant and all that kind of stuff, and, and the ruler of all ages. So they believe that in the afterlife, when all this stuff is over and done with, that Jesus is going to be Muhammad's servant. Good <laughs> luck on that. Oh, I don't think so. so yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so um, they. So this really comes down high- to a, a land dispute of a, of a, something that happened thousands of years ago. But this happened thousands. before there, there was no Islam. Muhammad was only what? Five six hundred years ago. I mean, I'm not really good on my ancient history. Yes. So, yes. so what? So what was Islam before Muhammad, or was there an Islam, or did they just pick this time in history to say that Ishmael really is, is the firstborn, but not of Abraham and uh, oh, what's her name? I'm not good on Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, Abraham, and Sarah. Okay, so I'm just trying to think. But so 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 the intervening time between Abraham and Sarah when Ishmael was born, up until when Muhammad was born. That's a long time. That's several thousand years. Yeah, well, kind of weird because Muhammad wasn't actually born born. It, he was like created born is, you know, by, by Allah. So it's, it, it gets really messed up. But the yeah. point is um, they, they had to create something that says, you know, their holy scriptures, which is the Quran, um, right. That says um, everything belongs to Ishmael, you know, um, and it's okay to so this lie is a family and dispute. kill. <laughs> this is probate. Yeah. <laughs> the reason we have all these problems, we have yeah. a probate problem here. <laughs> I mean, I hate to reduce yeah, those terms, yeah. but, it, but that's pretty yeah. much what the, it is. The problem they, is, saying, yeah, it, yeah. The, the problem is that it's being heard in God's court. <laughs> and this is going, oh, you're going to come into my court and argue that the land that I created and that I created my people to inhabit is, is not yeah, he's, theirs. He's the landlord. Yeah. 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 So, um, so anyway, so that if you, anybody wants to delve into that a little bit deeper, just go ahead and, and go to the Action Radio My God group page and, um, yeah. and check out what, what uh, the facts that are in there and check out the map and you'll go, Wow. All those huge countries want that little tiny piece of land. <laughs> but if the map is interesting because it does have Golan, uh, and one of the Golan, but it has Gaza as part of Israel and has the West Bank as part of Israel. So the Jordan River yeah. is, which is, the, is what we're talking about. The West Bank, the East Bank is Jordan. The West Bank is, you know, in Israel, but Jordan wants it or the, the Palestinian area wants it. That's that's fascinating. So this is so I can see what, this can never be solved. So it seems irrational to me for Israel to even consider, quote, land for peace, when the only negotiating position of the, the radical Muslim world is that Israel ceases to exist and all the Jews are dead. Given that negotiating position, there's nothing to negotiate. You can't give land. To, it's, irrational. Exactly right. it's, it's irrational to give land to people who will never be satisfied until they have all your land and all your people. There's, they couldn't give right. away enough. And still no, exists. So not. given that, and, and here's yeah. the thing: when okay. when the U.S. Israel's only ally forever, mm-hmm. right? And Britain, except for American Jews, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, but and now here's the thing: mm-hmm. um, any time that America has been involved in trying to get Israel to give away land, mm-hmm. we have had disasters here. Hmm. Um, let, let's get the, the biggest one, let's go back to George Bush um, when he uh, 
really put a lot of pressure on uh, Israel to give away land. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they did. What happened five days later to America? Katrina. 9-11? Oh, Katrina. Katrina. Huh. That wiped out thousands and homes and land. Just, I mean, total and complete destruction. Um, Mike, my husband, lived in Mississippi when that happened. Hmm. And it was just absolute devastation everywhere along the Gulf Coast. I mean, from Louisiana to Florida, it was destruction. Um, Biloxi in Louisiana got the worst. Yeah. So it it's just amazing how we don't put the pieces of the puzzle together to get the big picture. But I'm telling you, folks, Israel is never going to be wiped out. And there's going to come a point, Scripture says, when all there's going to be ten nations, ten, including the United States, that some, after the rapture, um, this is going to happen, that are going to, that's going to come against Israel to wipe it out. And it, they will win, he says, because God himself will fight for Israel. No country is ever going to take over Israel. No conglomeration of countries is going to take over Israel. God, you want to see him show his wrath? There you go. Come against Israel. So, well, they already are coming against Israel, and they and they keep losing. It's you know people sort of wonder. I got Bonnie in the line too, so I'll make her line live. But it's interesting that all these countries, these these numerically superior, you know, arms superior, you know, people say, well, Israel has advanced technologically and stuff like that. I'm going to change background on Bonnie, so let me just mute it for just for a second here. Um, but uh, Israel keeps winning <laughs> every time because God you know. can make sure that that that, that happens. <laughs> you weren't yeah, oh, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So against numerically superior multiple nations, Israel keeps winning. This tiny little country yes. that you can drive across in, what, a couple of hours at the most? Maybe less yes. in certain places. You can kind of like, it's like yes. Liechtenstein. You can look across the whole country from the restaurant I was in. Oh, there's your country. I like this. Cool. You know, but yes. uh, so, so, <laughs> but see, now you can't be the only person that knows this. There have to be Israeli scholars, biblical scholars, Jewish scholars that all know this stuff. And yet Israel yeah. is still giving they're under this ridiculous uh, feeling that if they give away land, they will get peace, which we've already proven here uh, is impossible. You'll never get peace for, for land. You will just get less land and embolden people yes. that and want Netanyahu, more land. Yeah. Right. And Netanyahu finally, you know, he wrote a letter uh, to his countrymen and told them no more. We are not giving away land. We well, they, are not about, doing but it. But how about taking land that used to be Israel? Um, you, Bonnie, you're live, so don't, so don't make background noise. <laughs> you or mute yourself. I'll bring it on in just a yeah. second. Um, but, um, okay. But why? Why? Why aren't they, uh, or is that the plan? Is this, you know, are they going to not only kick Hamas out of Gaza, but actually incorporate Gaza back into Israel where it belongs? Don't know. My, my crystal ball has not come in from Sears yet. It's on back order. So, okay. I'm uh, well, just wondering if there's a prophecy. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but all I know is that whatever God has given Israel, uh, in the end, it's going to be all made right because, you know, he is not going to allow anything that he promised to his chosen people in the apple of his eye to be taken from them forever. Not going to happen. 
Okay, makes sense. Bonnie, do you have a quick question? Or do you have to go right now, Wendy, or do you have a couple minutes? No, I just, good morning, Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie. Good morning, Wendy. No. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, no, I don't have any questions. I'm good. Okay. Wendy, let's get your uh, contact stuff because we have, we're, Wednesdays are jammed. And so I want to give everybody their, yes. their, their, their time here. So how do folks reach you? Okay. You can reach me on Facebook at Wendy Arthur or Art by Wendy Arthur or Dimensions Ministries. And bow now, avoid the rush. There you go. All right. Let's get to Bonnie. Yes, yes. Who is that woman behind the microphone? What stories does she have for us? Secluded in a small radio studio in a secure location, Bonnie Nesbitt presents the news of the week and then presents not the news of the week. So join us now for The B Word with Bonnie Nesbitt. Yeah, I'm sorry it's such a slow news week that you had nothing to do. So, uh, you know, we'll see if we can can drag ourselves to this hour here. You know, I know it's going to be a problem, but, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) Go for it. Hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing to pick from. Yeah. Did you like my ideas? Was that inspiring? Oh, yeah. They were. It was very inspiring. And, you know, I did a lot of digging. And I feel (laughs) like, I think you mentioned Claire. Claire is the one who initially found the connection between Obama and Iran. Yes. So, you know, I know that if she's got some solid stuff, I probably wasn't going to be able to find anything more than her. Where I started, though, was the Muslim Brotherhood. That was okay. the very first thing that I started researching and finding the links to Obama through that. And what Let's I could find background. was that the U.S.'s relationship. Yeah. Yeah, tell people yeah, why, yeah, why you're, you're really, jumping in the middle of the story. So, so how did this start? Sorry. And let's get, let's get, make connections. It's okay. We just, but I, I know uh, I want people to have, be able to make connections. So then when you prevent, present the information, it makes sure. sense. So what was the question and how did that come about? Well, the question was, what is Obama's relationship to the Muslim Brotherhood? And how does that relate to Iran, which thereby would relate to Hamas's um, vested interest, if you will, in what happened to Israel? essentially connecting all of the dots along the way back in time from Obama and prior to Obama's presidency, linking Mm -hmm. it to what is happening now. Um, Most interestingly of note, when this attack happened on Yom Kippur, which is the holiest of days for Israel, it was exactly 50 years ago that Hamas did this the last time. Were you aware of that? I'd heard something about that, but I know that symbolism is a big deal. That's why the Benghazi attack yeah. was on the anniversary of 9-11. Um, so the, the symbolism yeah. is huge for these people. So, yeah. Correct. Makes sense. Correct. Yeah, it was and exactly it 50 years ago. That I didn't it know was on Yom Kippur because mm-hmm. Rosh Hashanah was last week. I didn't, I'm not big up on my Jewish holidays, except in high school when half the band was mm-hmm. gone because they were Jewish. Uh, so that's funny when it was a Jewish holiday. Uh, yeah, but it, Yom Kippur, Yom, Rosh Hashanah was last week. Yom Kippur, that's New Year's, right? That's Jewish New Year? I believe so. It, I mean, it's their holiest day. So it, essentially, every single Israelite. Yeah, right. exactly. That's not they only were okay. they celebrating. Yes, yeah. not only were they celebrating that, but it, there was also a huge music festival going on at the time. It was, was supposed to be like a peaceful praise mm-hmm. style of music. So, you know, mm-hmm. kind of two for one special there. It was the perfect storm for this. So they so this uh, is, obviously it was planned yeah. for months. They all knew about this. But see, one of the questions mm-hmm. we had, just to jump in here and totally distract you again, is I was wondering why nobody was yeah. armed. Nobody was armed in these, ho- in these houses. But if it was, if it was uh, the holiday, you know, the celebrating peace and mm-hmm. things like that, they wouldn't be. Because that would be yeah. like, you know, being yeah. armed on Christmas. You know, it just seems, it just seems weird Correct. to people, right? 
However, like the Tet Correct. Offensive, you know, like every holiday, most most countries attack on a holiday or like Pearl Harbor on a Sunday morning. You know, this is classic. <laughs> right. This goes back to antiquity. Um, so this is okay. Yes, so anyway, so back to our back to our main question. Yep, back to the main question. So the origination of the Muslim Brotherhood and its connection to the U.S., I found some interesting things as I dug back, and you may or may not have already been aware of this, but mm-hmm. the no, U.S.'s anyway. relationship with yeah, the, the U.S.'s relationship with the Muslim Brotherhood can actually be traced back to the 50s, and it was oh. essentially a continuation of their relationship with the U.K. that funded its establishment in 1928. Okay. And so there were key figures and operatives of that movement that migrated to the U.S. 70 years ago, and they assumed important positions in America's academic and intellectual institutions, which goes back to many times what I've said. The problem is with our institutions, our colleges, our universities. This is where this is happening. They also infiltrated, though, some pretty influential think tanks, which is what enabled them to intervene and pull strings to obstruct our decisions in the U.S. when we aligned with the best interests of its allies when it comes to like Iran, Turkey, and Qatar. You even had Kamala Harris, when she was a senator, um, mm-hmm. berating the U.S. administration for withdrawing from the Iran deal. She even said America's withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal was ill-advised. So essentially, that was before Biden won. And she was saying that, you know, if Biden that deal win. were to be reinstated, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but how exactly. can that be ill-advised? Wait, wait, wait. Did they forget the hostage crisis? Did they forget the, uh, you know, the invasion of our embassy? Did they forget uh, the, the, the mm-hmm. king out of, uh, I mean, the, the Shah, I don't forget what happened to the Shah. I guess they, he sought refuge in the United States, died shortly thereafter. But Iran has said death to the mm-hmm. USA forever, ever since uh, Ayatollah Khomeini. You know, and so right. uh, because we just went right. over that with Bonnie as to why uh, and they're Muslims. So they had that same Ishmael problem that the rest of the Muslim world has. Right. So shouting death to America, right. why would it ever be a good idea to give nuclear weapons to somebody who shouts death to America mm-hmm. every day? That's exactly exactly. That's irrational. No, I mean, that's essentially it is completely mm-hmm. irrational. It's like giving the bully on the playground a slingshot and a gun and a whip and saying, no, you know what, not. I'm just going to play yeah. over here on this side of the playground and I expect you to play nice because I'm holding up a sign saying, please don't shoot me. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. No. It'd be like giving, uh, you know, I guess Hitler nuclear weapons because then you say, well, he's got so much weapon, you know, weaponry, he won't use it. He'll just be peaceful from now on because he's got the weapons. Yeah. That, you know, that, right. that's, that's the equivalent. Exactly. You know, so no, giving right. Iran a nuclear bomb. Giving a theocracy that believes that uh, mm-hmm. you know. And now here's the here's the bad badass question: uh, Did Obama do this um, for Iran because of his hatred of Israel and Jews? And he doesn't care if they use that nuclear weapons well. against Israel, right? Yeah. Okay. That that's a definite good question. And as I dug into this, obviously, I don't think a lot of people are aware of the fact that Obama allied with the Muslim Brotherhood movement. And enabled them to participate in drawing the U.S.'s foreign policy in the Middle East because he supported projects in Tunisia, Egypt, Libya, and Syria during the Arab Spring. And his administration had no qualms about amending the content of 800 official documents, removing every single hint or reference to political Islam every time they referred to the Muslim Brotherhood, trying to make it essentially squeaky clean, like nothing to see here. It's not the Muslim Mm -hmm. Brotherhood. We're, We're not going to call it Islam. And then during his presidency, he even put people into his house, like into his cabinet. They were Muslim Brotherhood people. And I don't mm-hmm. think people understand that. He had advisors. He, yeah. they, or they've forgotten. It's very possible they've forgotten. But these are dangerous people that he had advising him. 
he clearly had ties way back to the days of when he was senator in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And if he has an intense hatred for the Jews and Christians as a whole, essentially, my question is why? (laughs) And the British, too. too. That'll be be another week. That'll be next week. Yeah, the British and Robert Malley, the the Iranian... uh, spy that has been working in the in the, the the Brandon insurrection. So Robert Malley for next week too, and his hatred of the British. Yes. Let's go back to let's, let's get let's get the real question. The Muslim Brotherhood. Now, for those that don't know, Hamas came from the Muslim Brotherhood. So we're gonna we're gonna trace that, I'm sure too. Um, but so let's go back to the so Do you have origins to the Muslim Brotherhood? And and can you name names of people that were in our government that were part of the Muslim Brotherhood? That'd be interesting. I absolutely can name names. Yes, I actually, I bolded them because I'm like, I don't want to forget this. So we have Mohammed el He was a member of the Homeland Security Advisory Council. And he had met with national security staff inside the White House. He has been accused of downloading sensitive material from law enforcement databases. And he even tweeted at one point, quote, I do consider the United States of America an Islamic country with an Islamically compliant constitution. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) <laughs> that'd, that'd be I news to so. most Americans, but uh, well, it, right? it would be an Islamic country because you know the people keep forgetting this that Barack Hussein Obama is Muslim. Correct. <laughs> so Correct. under him, if yeah. you know uh, that everything was done, I mean, you, you know, you didn't see him celebrating Christmas much in the White House, and he, he talked about his Muslim heritage, and then George Stephanopoulos said, "Oh, you mean your Christian heritage? Oh, yes, my Christian heritage. Yeah, right." Mm-hmm. Anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, but if you exactly. look, but the Muslim Brotherhood, the one I remember was Robert Morsi, who was the head of Egypt. So let's let's keep going. Tell me more. This is this is interesting. Okay, well there was another national security advisor to the White House. His name was Imam Mohammed Magid. His father mm-hmm. was a Cairo trained Muslim Brotherhood scholar. He preached. I don't know if he still preaches, but he was preaching at a Washington area mosque served as hmm. president of the Islamic Society of North America, which the mm-hmm. government even says is a front for the Muslim Brotherhood in America. And mm-hmm. in 2008, the Justice, Justice Department ID'd his ISNA as an unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terror finance case in U.S. history. And wow. that designation was upheld by four federal judges on the basis of evidence that was provided. So you have essentially somebody who's the son of a Muslim Brotherhood, um, how can I even put it into to terms? It's not that he was running a Ponzi scheme, but the fact that he was the largest terror finance case in U.S. history tells us that this guy had a lot of money, was giving mm-hmm. a lot of it to the Muslim Brotherhood and or Hamas as it developed. Well, and money laundering. The fact that sounds like money still, laundering. Yeah, oh, complete, complete money laundering. Yeah. And the fact that he was Cairo trained means that, you know, along with several of the other people that were involved in um, Mm 9-11, what was his? I don't know how you pronounce his name, Anwar uh, Al-Waki. Remember remember the um, cleric Anwar Al-Waki? He was supposedly the field commander, the U.S. field commander of the entire operation. Yeah. So the hijackers themselves got support from several Muslim Brotherhood mosques that were in our country, but they were handled by... 9-11. 9-11. Mm-hmm. So that'd be the blind yep. shape. And, and this he, is the one Anwar al is the one you're talking about. There you go. If, there you go. Right. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Because he was thought to be the field commander. Uh, one other person, though, that was in the staff is Rashad Hussein. And that is who Obama appointed as his special envoy to the Muslim world. And he had been involved with various Muslim Brotherhood fronts. He served as deputy associate to the White House Council. 
and national security issues were among his areas of responsibility. And he even helped draft, this is what just kills me, he even helped draft Obama's 2009 speech in Cairo. Banned Muslim Brotherhood leaders were invited to that event. Of course. So you have open, open, flat-out hypocrisy and essentially betrayal of our country by inviting these people to that speech. Obama didn't care. He had no, because he wants to fundamentally transform us into uh, a communist Muslim uh, theocracy dictatorship. I mean, it's pretty clear. Exactly. You know, look at everything he's doing now mm-hmm. to destroy this country. You know, what I, there's, there's two problems. One, that Obama's trying to destroy the country, and two, that everybody else is letting him. You know, it takes both of those components. Right. And, and they're just right. sitting around doing nothing. So Muslim Brotherhood, why, why is it a brotherhood? What are, what are their origins? Where do they go back to? Is it part of the Iranian government or, well, or the Egyptian government? Where, where, where's their origin? I think it's Egypt, but let me just double check that. It's a Sunni Islamist organization. Yeah, it was founded in Egypt by Islamic okay. scholar and school teacher Hussein Elbana. And it was in 1928, as I stated, which moved into the UK, which then came into the US in the 50s. So 28, that's when, uh, that's after World War One, when uh, Britain right. was basically dividing up Israel and Palestine, making up a, a country that didn't Correct. exist. Yeah, or exactly. an area is, is Wendy just described like, it, a region, yeah. As I was just about to say, that's what Wendy was just talking about. Yeah, exactly. So they came and they in essentially, thinking, go ahead. I was just going to say their mission was to Islamize society through the promotion of religious law, values, and morals. So essentially they're coming in as, hey, look at us. We're going to make this a better country because we, we all need to be on the same page. And, you know, like the Muslim Brotherhood itself wanted to take over government by force of religion. That's always been the separation of church and state in our country has been upheld since its foundation. And every time that any president has come in and tried to overstep the bounds and try and make it a strictly Christian society, not that I have any problem with that, but when they try and push the Christian values on America as a whole, there's always pushback because there's those who don't believe. Well, the Muslim Brotherhood wants to do the same thing, but from a different style. They want to come in and push Islam. But the problem is they won't take anybody saying, no, I don't want to believe in Islam. I'd like to be, you know, um, an atheist or any other religion. They won't allow that. It'll be death to you if you are mm-hmm. Islamic. Period. You're an infidel. Yeah, at that point, you're an infidel. Exactly. I've seen, yeah, exactly. I saw buses. Uh, I've watched buses in San Francisco with uh, uh, signs on the back saying, you know, uh, Islam needs to submit. You must submit yourself completely to right. Allah. And if you don't, you know, what the, the implied message is, if you don't, you know, we're going to kill you. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. But the problem with the pushback, um, you know, and I don't want uh, an established government church. So people forget that the First Amendment is really clear. When it says establishment of a religion, mm-hmm. what it means is that the government does not create the church of the USA, just like there's a church of England. Right. So there's a, Christ, there's a Christian church of England, it's a Protestant church, and the head of the church of England is right now King Charles, to be Queen Elizabeth. Right. And so the separation is that the, 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 uh, whoever our government is, is not the church. There is no church of America. There is no bishop of America. Right. You know, none of those things. So no. the separation, but that's all the separation is. Now, if a president wants to have Christian values, that's fine. If they want to preach Christian values, that's fine too, as long as they don't establish mm-hmm. a government religion. So a lot of people get that wrong. So can you have a, a, a Christian crash at Christmas time, you know, nativity on, on public land, this taxpayer support? Of course you can. That's not establishing a religion. Mm-hmm. That's just allowing a Christian symbol. Right. And so people get that mixed up that's, all the time. But let's get, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's also an extension of the freedom of speech. I mean, we as Americans are given that freedom to worship on Sundays if we want to, but nobody is Mm -hmm. forcing us to go to church. 
we are allowed to put the Ten Commandments where we want to put them. Nobody is forcing us to do that or to remove it. We shouldn't have to remove it either. The flip side is always true. We should not have to be forced to go against our own religious beliefs on our personal properties. I understand mm-hmm. where people have pushback on state properties where they don't want it in front of courthouses because they feel like it interferes with justice. I wish that they wouldn't allow that. I mean, I wish that the Ten Commandments were allowed at every single courthouse because they are the foundation for justice, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. It's foundation of a legal code, too. People... <laughs> don't exactly. steal, don't covet, exactly. don't, don't murder. I exactly. Mean, you know, pretty exactly. much it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I also understand the opposition against that where people are like, no, we have separation of church and state for a reason. Let's not put the Ten Commandments on government property. Yeah. Okay. I, I so see your if, point. So let's get back to that. But there's no when it comes to Islam, there is no concern about separation of church and state. Obama. No. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't celebrate Ramadan. You know, you've got the Muslim Brotherhood. Oh, Again, right. Ro- I want to get to Robert Morsi because he's the only name I, I remember. He was president of Egypt sure. pro- he, after Hosni Mubarak. So we had Amr Sadat. Let's just do a little history tracing of, of Egypt for a bit. Amr Sadat and Menachem Begin, as we talked about, had the Cave of the Cards in 1978, I think, under Jimmy Carter. Greatest moment of his success. Got mm-hmm. them together. And they each got $3 billion a year each. So they, so they negotiated a good deal. So they got money out of it. So they had a peace treaty. Mm-hmm. So, and the borders were pretty much established. Uh, after Amr Sadat was assassinated, Hosni Mubarak came to power. And I, he was pretty much a dictator as far as I know, but, you know, relatively benevolent as, as far as dictators go. So it was a problem, but it wasn't that bad. Then, I'm not sure when, but Robert Morsi of the Muslim Brotherhood comes to power, and the U.S. backed him. Now, did Obama help put him in office? Is that one of his things? Because I know he went against Bibi Netanyahu mm-hmm. in Israel. Have you traced that at all? I've not traced Morsi that. I don't know. Okay. Next week. <laughs> you know, every report yeah. leads to more questions. Okay, so Obama and, and Morsi were like buds, as far as I know. I don't know the timeline. So, so when, when did Morsi become uh, president of Egypt? But the Egyptians hated him, hated him with a passion, because he was an authoritarian, Islamic, fundamentalist. The, the, uh, you know, he wanted a theocracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to Obama. So, so, he, so uh, where did he pick up this strident, you know, Muslim attachment? Was it Indonesia? Was it Kenya? Was it from his father? Was it when he came here? Because the people that backed him were basically communists. The, the Frank Marshall, Frank Marshall Davis, the one I, that uh, yes. basically raised him, was a complete communist. But I yes. don't think the communists were associated with the, the, the Muslim theocrats yet, because communism, by definition, has no religion, because they also have no God before the state. So there's almost right. a conflict there. Right. So tell me, tell me what you know about that about uh, well, how he know, got involved I, with these folks. Go ahead. I don't know how he essentially got involved with the Muslim Brotherhood from the get-go. I need to do some more digging to see if I can find okay. origins of his relationship, yeah, this, especially we'll with the people that he brought while. into the White House. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, in, it's fascinating to me, though, because like you mentioned, he was deeply invested in his college years into that communist thinking, and he was reading communist authors, and uh, you know, there's a lot of anti-God in that because of their mm-hmm. hatred, if you will, for an actual religion. So for yeah. him to come so staunchly into being like Muslim and anti-Jew, I, I don't know where that stemmed from. I, I would hesitate to say Kenya because I don't think Kenya is that way. Indonesia, perhaps. His father, perhaps. I, I, I'm, I'm at Kenya a kind of British. a loss as to know. Kenya was British, though. Kenya was a British Ken- colony. Well, I suppose there's some merit to that if they were British and trying to to take that Islamic side of it. I, and, and what is the the place that he stayed the longest at in being raised? It was how many years in Indonesia? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, but he also had a different name there, too. Yeah. But here's what, I, here's what I do know. Uh, and I talked about this years ago. And I said, one of the reasons I didn't want Obama president is because he's been raised in three different countries. You know, and because of that, or at least two, it's, well, we'll say Kenya. We can say, I don't know how long it was there. Uh, probably not very long, you know, but uh, we know he's raised in right. Indonesia and in, in the United States. And I don't know. And he also visited Pakistan, which is kind of interesting. That's the trip that, that nobody seems to want to talk about. And his academic records have disappeared from uh, Colombia. Also rather suspicious. So we don't know exactly what courses he took. However, uh, it's kind of like Obama Swampy. You know, we don't know much about his time in Yale Law School. Um, right. He got, he got a law degree he's not using, but that's another story. So the problem with people that live in different countries growing up is that you, you, your allegiance is split. Um, I would not be a good U.S. president for the simple reason that right. I was born in Canada. I spent four years in Australia, yep. four formative years, you know, uh, and then I came to the United States at 12. So I, I grew up in three right. different countries. Well, there's no way I'm going to have the same allegiance to this country that Donald Trump does. Because I'm going to look at this and go, well, here's how yeah. Canadians see it. Here's how Australians see it. You know, here I can see Americans as the advantages. I can see Americans as they see themselves. And they, they you know, when people say, this is the greatest country on earth, you know, nothing better than America. God damn it. The rest of the world, they all want to be American. No, they don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Obama's right. right. The Greeks want to be Greek. You know, the, the, the Indonesians want to be Indonesian. He's absolutely right there. But he will never have the loyalty of a natural born American ever. No, Nobody born no, in a foreign country can, can. And this is why natural-born Americans are so critical. Look what he did. Who else would, could destroy the country as much as Obama did except Brandon? You know, but he's doing that through Obama. Obama, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just another yeah. arm of Obama. Okay, so tell me more what you, what you found. I've been, I've been distracting you. Well, I mean, I was going to move on a little bit to some of the stuff that I oh, yeah. have Please regarding yep. the current in Israel. So. I think that a lot of people, as they're looking at the death toll in Israel and they're seeing the numbers, in the, when I got upon this article here, we were at about 800 deaths. We're probably mm-hmm. well beyond that by now. But yeah. when you compare the, the population of Israel to the population of America, to put it into context for the everyday American who cannot fathom this, mm-hmm. their death toll in this process would be equivalent to 20 to 25,000 Americans killed. So it'd be like having seven 9-11 attacks in a 24-hour period. That's mm-hmm. devastating. It was devastating well, enough city. to lose 2,000. Exactly. 25,000 exactly. twice the size of Milton, Florida. You know, that'd be like twice the size of, exactly. of the town that I live in, you know, being killed. Yeah. 25,000 is, is, a, is, a, right. is a small city. Yeah. It's absolutely devastating. It's absolutely mm-hmm. devastating. So then the fact that he had to free up $6 billion, and I looked into that too. It's like, what did Biden do with this $6 billion that he gave to Iran? Mm-hmm. And essentially, he wasn't giving American taxpayers. This is the argument I'm finding. He's not giving our $6 billion to Iran. He's merely freeing up $6 billion in South Korean funds that Trump froze. He's mm-hmm. unfreezing it. He's mm-hmm. allowing Iran to have access to it. And so they're softening the blow of this across the country to say, well, it's okay because it was Iran's money anyway. It wasn't even ours mm. to begin with. No, <laughs> no we froze I don't it. Agree with that. Yeah. We froze Just it like for a harder. reason. And the fact, yeah. exactly, exactly. And we, on top of that, are getting our hostages back, but we're freeing up Iranian terrorists in the process. Why was there any unfreezing of funds? How does America bow at the feet of Iran a second time after skids of cash were sent by Obama during his administration? And now a second time, $6 billion of assets that were frozen are unfrozen. Why is it that we keep bowing to Iran in this? Why are we being so weak? And I, I do I... not for the life of me. Well, I know. Please I... share your thoughts. <laughs> I know. why. Because the left uh, and the Obama and the Muslim crowd want Iran to be the power center of the Middle East. That's why. 
mm-hmm. they want a strong they Iran. Be. They want a strong Iran to go against Saudi Arabia and Israel, which is and Egypt, which are the the other real power centers. And so the this right. is an, I think a direct assault on the Abraham Accords. And this is why I brought it up with Wendy yesterday. I got some kind of truck yeah. outside making noises. If you hear any background noise from my line, let me know because I'll have to run up and close windows. Um, but otherwise, I'll, I'll keep going. Oh, there's the garbage truck. All right. So what happens is that they, they, they want Iran to basically run the Middle East. Uh, Saudi Arabia, they figure, is too Western now. You know, the, the new uh, prince. Uh, and they're still mad at, you know, what's his name? Adam Khashoggi, the journalist that was killed. Yeah, that was a problem. Uh, but you don't sacrifice our yeah. entire nation and their nation over it. Um, you know, we no. lost 12 people in, 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 these, uh, in these raids on Israel. So they want Iran to be mm-hmm. the center. That's why Iran's getting the nuclear weapons. That's why Iran's getting the money. Iran, they're trying to build up Iran as the center of power because they figure they can deal with them most closely. Well, the only reason right. that they think they could deal with an Islamic dictatorial Middle Ages theocracy is because that's how they think. That's why I say right. Russia. So the question is, yeah. Obama, who thinks like someone from the Middle Ages, you know, a thousand years ago, uh, that Islam is great and needs to dominate the world um, and also has a communist indoctrination where it's okay to kill a million people or two million or 10 million or 100 million as long as you get your objective. You've got to break a few eggs, as, uh, as uh, Lenin said, right? Well, a few eggs means millions of people mm-hmm. in gulags and everything else. He has no problem with that. Right. So the only reason, right. so this is the problem. So when, so when so Trump comes along, and, and it upsets the, the world government apple cart by connecting Israel with Bahrain, with Qatar or Qatar, which doesn't sound right. Qatar, Morocco, uh, the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and the Abraham Accords. All of a sudden, that's that alliance. Guess who's left out? Iran. <laughs> you know why? Because they are an Islamic Middle Ages thousand year old dictatorship, you know, of Islam. Now, there's some Islam countries that, I mean, yeah. you don't hear anything from Indonesia, right? Indonesia is the largest population of, of, uh, Isla, of Muslims in the world. They don't go out conquering anybody. They don't take over islands. No. They don't do anything. They're just, you know, no, just I... Indonesia, right? Exactly. So, so I was about so to say, not... when's the last time you heard of the Indonesian army going exactly. after something? <laughs> so Islam is not the problem. Radical terrorists, we want Ishmael's land back, yes. you know, is yes. the problem. And Iran, Definitely. let's go back to Iran. What's, what's the history of Iran? What were they called before Iran? What was hey. Iran? I know in biblical terms, the Iran. Persia. Let me, let me save some time. Persia. Persia. There you go. Yep, okay. Persia. And what, and what mm-hmm. did the Persians want? Persian Empire. Yeah, the empire, which was huge, which was most mm-hmm. of the world at one point, if I remember. I'll have to get Pianca in the line. Right. Uh, he's actually on the line. I want to I cover some more stuff. Pianca, I'll get to you. I want to make sure we get this covered. But the Persian Empire, you guys remember the 300 Spartans? Come on, you all seen the movie, you know, Thermopylae? Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's Persian. King Xerxes. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Persia wants its empire back, but they wanted a Muslim empire. I don't know what, uh, what religions the Persians right. were back when they were, when, you know, back in Xerxes' time. But mm-hmm. this is a longstanding thing. I so why... So, so that's what I think it is, because I heard on the news that they want that Iran to be the power center. And now we're making the connections as to why. Because, you know, Obama and the imams in Iran think exactly the same way. Right, right. Well, and, and the fact that we have open borders lends credence to this as well. It goes right. It's not just the Mexicans or the South Americans that have been coming. We have people from all over the world that have been coming into our borders. And we've had these people infiltrating 
these mm-hmm. Iranian undercover, Russian undercover, Chinese undercover. People tend to just focus on the southern border as being, oh, well, it's just our you know friends from Mexico coming the because they're seeking the a better life. And they, they, no. It's all, no, it's all people exactly. the country. Borders, borders, exactly. They're focusing on that to take you away from the real issue, which is small town America has terrorist cells all over right. it right now. Yeah. All over it. Yes. Go armed exactly. people. Exactly. Go armed. Yeah. Right. Right. So essentially, you know, if we if, our, if we're printing even our ballots as we're voting, if we're printing those in multiple languages just to help people at the voting booth be able to vote, how sad is that? We should only be printing it in English. And if you mm-hmm. have not learned the language, you have no right. Now, even that being said, people that are infiltrating the country with that ulterior motive, obviously they speak English. They're not going to have a problem reading a ballot written in English. They're going to still do their finagling. But at the very least, we're, we're portioning out a large amount of the, what you said, like kind of like the side story. Like, let's focus on the fact that people that speak Spanish are coming in and voting because they have Spanish ballots. They're, they're not so much the problem. It's the cells that are here already. And, mm-hmm. you know, I believe background checks should be given to anybody that comes into this country. And obviously they have, they have been turning a blind eye towards many of these people and not doing proper background checks to see what are your originations. Why not ask them a simple question on every single time someone wants to come in? Are you against Jews and Christianity? Why not make that a foundational question for every single person that wants to come into this country? Do you wish harm upon Christians or Jews? That's a good question, but I, but the question that, that I was asked was, uh, was I ever a member of the Communist Party? Do I ever intend to join? And I said, no. <laughs> you know, and I could say that with, without mental yeah. reservation or purpose of evasion. So what you might want to take a look at as the old process for immigration, because I went through it. I know exactly what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I remember my interview. I remember what the guy looked like that interviewed me. I remember reciting the Bill of Rights and explaining each one. I remember going over parts of the Constitution that I had learned. Uh, I remember him asking me, was I ever a member of the Communist Party? You know, and would you swear an oath that you'll never join the Communist Party? Said, Absolutely. I don't want to join the Communist Party. You know, um, I don't right. know if it's binding on my entire life, but I wouldn't do it anyway. But that's not the point. But the point is that that was, this, that was the standard. So the immigration process yeah. is, is, is a long time because the vetting process, you can't vet people at the border because they lie. They lie, they cheat, they provide false evidence, false documentation, everything else. So one of the best processes for testing whether somebody should be a U.S. citizen is the five years it takes as a permanent resident before you get citizenship. Because chances are you're going to let your right. guard down. If you're you know, a danger to this country or if you're a welfare bum or any other, other things that, uh, um, that will happen from people that we're inviting into this country happen during that five-year time, you know, when, you're, when yes. we're, you're seeing if you're going to be a citizen, you're out. <laughs> you know, you get sent back. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And exactly. So, so that is the best process is the fact that you have to wait. Now, Americans who are born here to American parents, of course, anybody born here to a foreign parent is not an American. I don't care what the policy is. We've right. been over that a bunch of times. Birthright citizenship does not exist. The 14th Amendment specifically mm-hmm. prohibits, prohibits it. So anybody brought here after 1856, no, 60, 64, 66, I think the 14th Amendment was ratified. So anybody born here after 1866 who did not have American parents is not a citizen. Neither are their progeny, <laughs> which is going to be a real interesting debate. All right. So let's get back to Obama and the Muslim Brotherhood and uh, or yeah. anything else that you found now, because we got the I want to do well, the, Robert, the Robert Malley spy network next week. But anyway, so what else, what, okay. what else you found? OK, uh-huh. I wanted to, to just bring one more thing to your attention, and that is sure. that how do we know as far as the weapons go that were left behind in Afghanistan? 
mm -hmm. know that there were many things that were being, um, as far as like weapon and dollar amounts that were forwarded to Ukraine, and then we don't know what Ukraine did. There's no accountability for it. How they're do we not know? That, yeah, they're selling our weapons. Exactly. The, the yeah. Taliban now has everything we left behind. And I actually found a chart that has every single stat pulled up of like the number of tanks and the number of radios and the number of night vision goggles. It's astounding. There's over mm -hmm. 350,000 assault rifles alone that were left behind that the Taliban now has use of. Mm -hmm. and well, actually, they don't 20, have use over of because we're not there. They're selling a lot. Well, of we're yeah. not there, yes. But even at that, they can still utilize what they want to utilize. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, here's the it's thing absolutely now. staggering. All right, so so why would we leave $85 billion worth of weapons behind? Why would we do that? Well, uh, okay, well, they would they would obviously say, oh, well, we left in haste, and we just didn't have – no, that's all that's – all Why would we leave in haste? We were there 20 point. years. Yeah, we were there 20 years. Why, exactly. would, you, why would you do that? Exactly. You know, where, did no, we it was surrender? intentionally. intentionally did we left sign a surrender with the Taliban? And was that part of a, a surrender mm -hmm. agreement? No. We Could never did well sign be. the surrender. Couldn't very okay. well be behind the scenes. Ah, so there's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Was there a deal? Yeah. Was there a deal between Obama and the Taliban? Mm -hmm. This is for two weeks. You know, see if you can find any connection with Obama and the Taliban. I want to know if there was a secret deal behind the scenes. Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch is probably your best source on this. Claire Lopez, too. Claire used to be on the show. Robert Spencer was on the show once. I want to get him back. Uh, he'd be a good person to talk about this. Anyway, so let's find out the Obama-Taliban connections. Because he, he, here's how I know Brennan is taking direct advice from, uh, uh, from Obama. Because Obama is the only person in the United States that calls it the Taliban. Right? Welcome mm -hmm. to Taliban. Because mm -hmm. we're Americans, goddammit. It's the Taliban. Right? You know, we're American. American. Americans. Taliban. Taliban. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what does Joe Biden call them? Taliban. He calls them the Taliban. Them? Why? Because mm -hmm. he's got Obama's voice in that brain chip in his head. Literally or figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon is the only person other than Obama that pronounces it Taliban. So that's how mm -hmm. I know that there's, there's mm -hmm. a connection. So he's, he's mentally uh, decayed enough that he's actually repeating the voice pattern of the person that's giving him orders. That's how I know, there's, that's yeah. how I know Obama's running things. Like, like a no parrot. No one else. Yeah, well, it's worse than that. It's, it's a parrot who's acting, not just saying. Parrots don't know what they're saying, right. as far as I know. Well, they do have a sense of humor. Everybody's owned a parrot. Everybody's owned a parrot knows they have a sense of humor. They just don't, they just don't speak English, you know, but, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, what's, so I believe that this was a, was an, a, was a requirement of Brandon to, to get the military out first, to leave all those people behind. If some Americans got killed, I, think, I don't think Brandon, I don't think Obama intended on that necessarily, but what he did intend was to get as many people out of Afghanistan, regardless of who they were, as possible. That's why 100,000 people were, were, were flown out, and a lot of people were hanging on those jets and tragically fell off and died. Idiots. Right. But that's right. not the point. The point is that all these people came in. So Obama, So I divide the world into, into Hillary's world and Obama's world. Obama's world is foreign, is the foreign policy, is the surrender and the giving of weapons. I believe that was a secret agreement to give the Taliban those weapons, not the Taliban, the Taliban. You know, give all $85 billion dollars worth of weapons for as a gift. That was his gift to them to support his yeah. Muslim brothers. That's what that was about. Right. Exactly. Now, that's, exactly. That's his world. Hillary's world is Merrick Garland and the, uh, the prosecution of anybody associated with January 6th, whether they were there or not. Uh, the persecution of all Republicans because she hates Republicans because she lost the election. Fair and square, by the way. 
Um, and so Hillary <laughs> has all the Department of Justice operation. I think that's how they divide up the world. She takes the Department of Justice, persecuting Americans and all the secret police and all the surveillance and all the spying on Americans. That's Hillary behind the scenes. Yeah. All the foreign stuff, uh, the, the money, the nuclear weapons, the, the, the weapons given to the Taliban. That's Obama. And that's how they think they divide up this government. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. That absolutely hmm. does. And it also makes sense in the fact that in, in a lot of her emails that we will never find out about because they were on that server and they're being kept under wraps probably have a lot of Clinton's um, connections, if you will. Just the same way that we'll never find out Epstein's black book. It, it's being so hidden from the public because they don't mm-hmm. want us to know the truth. So we can't even get the manifesto from the, the murderer, uh, no. the trans murderer no. up in, in uh, Nashville. Um, so here's, here's another thing to explore. And I did shows on this earlier. In fact, I even had the stand-down uh, orders. Uh, I'll play it for you sometime on the show. That uh, two people called in about the stand-down orders in Benghazi. Because Benghazi plays in into Benghazi. this too. So you want to get the Hillary connection. Yes. Now, Benghazi was a gun-running operation to ISIS in order to overthrow uh, Assad in Syria. Mm-hmm. So Chris Stone? No, what was his name? Chris, uh, who was the ambassador? Yeah, mm, U.S. Ambassador know. Chris something. I've forgotten his name anyway. So, but our, our four Marines who were killed that disobeyed orders and defended Benghazi, Chris Stevens. Chris Stevens' his name. Chris Stevens. I was just about to say John Christopher Stevens, yes. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so, so Chris Stevens, who was basically killed and dragged through the streets and had horrible things happen to him, was there to run guns for Hillary through Benghazi um, to ISIS. That was her operation. Yeah. So, so now mm-hmm. how does that tie in? Maybe Hillary has a connection to the Taliban, the Taliban, you know, giving weapons too. So, so we don't know, but let's, we should probably revisit Benghazi. So anything else you found that you want to cover? I'm bringing on Pinocchio for a bit and then I'm going to take uh, Bianca at the top of the hour. Well, the only other thing that I found has absolutely nothing to do with Israel and everything to do with COVID. So I don't mm. know if you want me to get into that or not. Of it course. Was no, a go little for it. interesting tidbit. Okay. Um, I found out that a Japanese research team—if I could speak—a Japanese research team in August yep. actually found that there is about a hundred different separate strains of the COVID variant, and they have proven that none of them could have evolved naturally. Every single one of them was man-made. Every hmm. single one. Mm-hmm. So that being said, it's like release after release after release. All the scares of, oh, no, now we have this variant, and oh, we have that variant. And I heard a little bit of Judy Mikovits's, um snippet yesterday where she was talking about how every single polio vaccine since 2004, I believe, has all mm-hmm. of these different strains, all of these different things in it. And she mm-hmm. was basically saying, you know, I, I have it, too. I'm not worried because I have the immunization system to deal with it. But Why? Why are these man-made things being put into not only vaccines, but being released into? What is the ultimate goal? It's destroying the population that they want to destroy and ultimately making what's left bow to what they want. And it's, it's really taking out anybody that stands up against it because mm-hmm. we're in such the minority and we're looked at as crazy people, just like those that wouldn't wear masks and, you know, you're going to be a grandma killer. That's, that's me. If yeah, you get yeah, rid of exactly. the people that, yeah, me mm-hmm. too, me too. And, and so essentially getting rid of that small voice and, and hushing us and putting us in a corner, it's the same thing as hushing the people that have the opinion that there's a man and a woman, you're born the way that you are and you can't change what you are. You hush up now. You go to a corner. We don't want to hear from you. We want our own agenda push. You can be what you want to be. There's no such thing as masculinity. You can be feminine. You can be masculine. You can be all in one. There's no, be a, be a beet if you want to be a beet. Be a pineapple if you want to be a pineapple. Who cares? It's the same thing. 
Well, uh, there's another take on it, too. I, I think that uh, the globalists don't want to get rid of the world population. They just want them subordinate to them because who's going to do the work? Who's going to, you know, clean their house and, you know, who's going to fly the airplanes of their, their jets and who's, you know, so they want to, they want to, they want to well, serve Well, they can get class. robots to do that, Greg. They're working on mm. AI daily. They can just create a robot. Yes, I will serve you, master. Please tell me what to do. I mean, yeah, but the, <laughs> the, the robots might rebel. Artificial intelligence might become <laughs> uh, mechanical intelligence. You know, so yeah, 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 I saw That's Skynet. I, you know, I know, I know how this works. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's another, there's, there's my theory, is my theory too, that vaccines are a marketing plan. It'd be like an aspirin that gives you a headache. So you take more aspirin. Right. It's like salt in your popcorn yeah. that causes you to buy drinks. So the reason the flu shot gives yeah. you the flu is so they can sell more flu shots, convincing you that you didn't have enough right. flu shots, so you got to buy more. Why would you need a booster? Yeah. Uh, see, here's the, here's the thing with COVID, all right? So it's a messenger mm-hmm. RNA uh, gene-altering shot, right? So messenger yeah. RNA right. teaches your cells to make, allegedly, immunity, but they don't. They really spike protein poisons, and we know, all the, we know the story. So if, it, if right. the, the first shot teaches your body how to do stuff, your body already knows. It's already making millions of those cells when they replicate using that messenger RNA code that was injected into your body. So if your body already right. knows how to make COVID, why would you need a booster? Mm-hmm. You, know. you wouldn't. Right, because the first shot would do it. In fact, you probably could have a minuscule amount of the first shot. All you need is a tiny little bit of messenger RNA to start teaching your cells how to do it, and the natural division of your cells right. will build the spike proteins and, of course, ultimately you know, cause you all kinds of problems. But the point is, it's a market. I'm going to try one more time. Excuse me, Greg. It's a marketing. <laughs> it's a marketing. It's a marketing device. It's a yeah. self-perpetuating device. And we've talked, so the, if you, right, so and we've COVID talked about that before with pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Why, why is yes, it that exactly. COVID you know, had, had a COVID shot? Well, because the shot is designed to give you COVID, just like popcorn is designed to make you thirsty. Right. It's a marketing thing. Right. So I don't think it's exactly. – I always look for the simple solution. People think it's a world government. They're reducing the population. I don't think they're that smart. Oh, they might want it, but they're not that smart. They're dangerous, but mm-hmm. they're not that smart. I think really it's a marketing thing because they want to keep people around long enough. Yeah, they want to keep people around yeah. long enough to buy more vaccines and more flu shots, right? Well, you can't kill people. So they're like parasites. They want to make you sick, but they don't want to kill you. They just want to live off you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and yeah, as, bring... as I was saying, I mean, it, it it literally goes with what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when you asked the question about pharmaceuticals and the long-term effects of being on Ritalin and Adderall mm-hmm. and some of these and, and you know, heart medication and blood pressure medication. It's like essentially they want you so medicated and dependent upon it that you don't know that you could exist without it. And the more that you take something, the side effects now, oh, well, we have to add this drug into the mix because that has to Mm -hmm. offset the side effect of this drug you're here. And if you would just remove yourself from all of the pharmaceuticals together, like Judy was saying, your body Mm -hmm. will take care of itself if you take care of your body. And you don't have to rely on pharmaceuticals to do the job for you, but they don't want you to know that. They don't want you to hear that. And that's why natural things like chiropractor um, are so effective and people think of them as, a, a lot of people think of them as kooks because the pharmaceutical companies are going to push them as such. They're going to say, no, no, you don't want to take the natural medicine route. You don't want homeopathic stuff. You want to go with our pharmaceutical stuff that we've invested millions of dollars into and we can prove, we can prove every single side effect, including death multiple times. But don't worry about that. We've got you covered. So, you know, that's essentially the mentality, like you're saying, the marketing side of it is if they can sell enough, like we can take care of your depression with this drug over here. Oh, you want to kill yourself? Don't worry. We've got something to bring you back to life over here. We'll put it all together in one fell for you. Sounding to me because we have become the product. And that's what Facebook did. Facebook essentially stopped selling products 
to, to advertise their page and made the average consumer the product. They uh-huh. addict you to social media in the fact that you cannot turn it off, and now you are essentially the very product that they are turning around and selling. They're utilizing you. They're gearing to you by, by narrowing in and honing in on what you click on and what you subscribe to and what you like. Now they're going to target you in marketing to get you to buy more things. It's the same uh-huh. thing when it comes to pharmaceuticals. They're narrowing you into a box and saying, we know that you have this box, this box, this box, all checked. Now we can add these things to it, to it and double our income off of you. So yeah, it's yeah. Did a you vicious, ever, uh... vicious cycle. Did you ever hear about the, the great zebra-striped underwear uh, project? No. <laughs> Before we get to Bianca, I'm going to do this. I, we were talking exactly about this, and we're talking about the marketing. I said, the product is you. you know, you're giving your personal information yes. in exchange for being able to use social media. So I said, let me, let me uh, uh, inquire about a product online that I will never wear, that I have no interest in, that is just totally you know, foreign to my nature, being just a regular dude, right? I said, I looked up zebra-striped underwear. <laughs> Okay, this is just, a, just as a joke, right? And I, I told the, the audience, I said, how long do you think it's going to be before I see an ad for zebra-striped underwear on Facebook uh, or, or in my, uh, my news feed or something like that? It was 30 minutes. And that was, that was a couple oh, of years ago. Oh, I'm not ago. surprised. It's probably like five minutes now. You know? But uh, yeah, and, all of a sudden, and for the next three months, I kept seeing ads for zebra-striped underwear. It was hysterical. Well, but that's how oh, I did. Yeah. And yeah. it's not even just Facebook. If your phone mm-hmm. listens to you, like I've had my phone sitting next to me or in the same room and I've had a conversation with my husband or another person and I'll be like, Hey, do you want to take a look at maybe redoing the shed? Maybe we need a new lawnmower or Hey, let's take a look at getting um, some cement blocks for the edging of our garden or whatever. The next thing I know, I turn on my phone and, it, and Google has a search on the top five best concrete edgers. It's like, what in the, I was just talking about it and my phone wasn't even on. Yeah, it was. It's crazy. Your phone's always on. Unless your phone's off, it's on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's more effective yeah. than Facebook in that sense that you don't even have to type in the search for it. It hears you, and it automatically feeds it to you. Yeah, I've never had that happen. But one uh, uh, of things you might want to do, too, is I always have a little cardboard business card over the camera on my computer. So it never photographs me unless I want it to. It just shows up, and I have to remove it sometimes when I do Zoom calls. I keep forgetting because it's, like, always there. But there's little things like that you can do. I mean, turn your phone physically gotcha. off, you know, when you're, when you're right. having conversations. I don't have a lot of conversations here because I'm the only one here, and I don't talk to myself that loudly. <laughs> so it's not an issue. So, uh, and, and, and everything I say, you know, pretty much goes out over the air. So right. that's public anyway. Yeah, yeah. Pianki, let's get yeah. you on the conversation here. What, yeah. uh, what, you've, been, you've been sitting patiently. What, uh, what do you think of all this? Well, blog talk is acting crazy, so I have to listen on an expensive cell phone and type and blog talk. But, you know, you talk about these phones, and I ask people, we know the history of Verizon and their cooperation with U.S. intelligence providing information and so on. So why do you continue to use their service, paying them money? Mm-hmm. If I come, I switch to a patriotic company that support programs to prevent U.S. veterans from committing suicide. Yeah, Marco made a comment on that from the Netherlands. He says, he says are, you, are you getting paid for this? <laughs> you always pay that. So we got to get to uh, No, not Pure really. Talk. Oh, I know that, but I'm, what because, I'm saying is, you know, you know call, call Pure Talk like since to... you're a customer of theirs. No, I'm serious. Call Pure Talk. Tell them about what we do here and see if they want to sponsor the show. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah, do that. I'll get for them. Yep. Very good. I'm just, I just like to use logic. 
No, it makes sense. No, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another one too. There's a Patriot Mobile. Uh, there's another Patriot phone. Patriot service. Mobile. Yeah, I would use them. I got to investigate them, but I have my my internet, and my phone tied together, and I have a nice Ethernet connection, so it actually works out pretty well. But uh, yeah, so those things are all worth uh, looking into. Okay, so uh, Pierre, did you have another question? I know you've been you've been typing madly away on live chat. Anything else you want to get into? No, I don't have any questions. I'm just listening. It's a good conversation. Okay. Yeah, well, this is and nobody's looking into this stuff. Um, so let's, let's, let's think we've got a few minutes here and then I want to play uh, because BlockTalk may have changed their procedure. That's probably what they were doing yesterday morning when they shut down the website. They may limit us to three hours now. So I have to get my ads and, uh, and stuff in beforehand. But, so I'll probably stop you about five minutes early uh, and play a couple of things. But anyway, um, this, is, this is fascinating. So where, where do you think – let me ask you, where do you think Israel is going to go with this? How far do you think they're going to take this, uh, this response? And were they – and did they – let this happen, like I think Roosevelt let Pearl Harbor happen to get us in World War II. Is this the excuse that uh, uh, Israel has been looking for so they could clean out Gaza and take back the West Bank and go on and make a peaceful country out of Israel? Mm. Mm. That's an interesting question. I literally had not given thought to that. I I Mm -hmm. really did not think Israel would ever allow anything to happen intentionally because they're such a fierce defensive country. Um, mm-hmm. unless, but that's an interesting thing to think about to clean out Gaza. Yeah. Obviously, unless there's yeah, a bigger world picture sympathy, there. Yeah, and world sympathy. Mm-hmm. For the, well, it used to be. You know, now we got the we got the uh, the Hamas lobby in this country. But world sympathy was with Israel initially uh, as victims of an attack. See, well, Israel, yeah. if you're in the, if you're in that position where the world's against you, the UN's against you, the United States is for you, except when Democrats are in office. Uh, you know, they're pretty precarious mm-hmm. position. So yeah. they have a lot of resources, and I believe they have nuclear weapons. They don't want to use them. Um, but uh, if right. every other nation attacks them, they might. <laughs> you know, if Iran starts aiming nukes at uh, Israel, yeah, they're going to get nuked. Um, and we don't want of that. Of course. Yeah. You know, so, but, no. but uh, if I were Israel, and as I talked about this with uh, Bill and, uh, and Wendy, that my program is one state. Uh, it's uh, more land for more peace. More land equals more peace. The more of, of that land that's Israel uh, the more peaceful it's going to be. So Gaza, Golan, and West Bank have to go. Uh, Israel has to take those over again, make, incorporate them back into Israel. Uh, and I would consider the Sinai too, although I think Egypt hasn't really been a problem of late, uh, unless they're supplying you know, Hamas. Now, is Egypt supplying Hamas with anything? Hamas being an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood? I would almost, without a doubt, have to say yes. I, okay. I really think they are. So how are they getting it there? Now, is Gaza connected to Egypt, or is it a separate piece of land? Um, I know it's a border. Uh, I may have to Israel, dig into that. Yeah. Why Israel gave up this land, I have no idea. What kind of idiots were they? You know, you don't get well, land, yeah, you don't get, you and, don't get peace I, when you give up land. You, you get people that want more land. <laughs> you know, and and, and, and Egypt, Egypt does control the Gaza Strip southern border because they have an agreement with Israel to do so. So essentially why would, if they have an agreement to, that they have the Southern part of it, it seems to me mm-hmm. logical that they are going to keep having issues and probably supplying Hamas so that eventually they can take the entire Gaza Strip and not just the Southern border. You know what I mean? So if Gaza became part of Egypt then, for example, and it was, it was, mm-hmm. uh, it had, they had Egyptians living there as opposed to, mm-hmm imaginary Palestinians living there, 
would that be a totally different mm-hmm. situation? Now, Hamas wouldn't want that because they want Palestinians. They want people, they want people to, 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 in order to take over Israel. Egypt, as far as I know, doesn't want to take over Israel. They're actually coexisting rather well, and they're getting money for it. They're getting $3 billion a year from the United States. But the question is, of, does Egypt know. want to have a close relationship with Iran? What is the, the distinct relationship between Egypt and Iran? What do they have to gain by having close ties to Iran? Because Iran and Egypt are pretty separate. I mean, they're not opposite sides of the world, clearly, but they're clearly different countries. So There's another if difference Egypt too. recognizes, yeah. what's that? Well, Egyptians are Arab and, and uh, Iranians are Persian. They're totally different people. They're not related. That's true, but there's still a lot of Muslims. Okay, uh, let's go Pianchi and then Bonnie. Pianchi, what are you saying? They're tied together by religion, just like Europeans are tied together with Christianity. Yeah, but Christianity has a bunch of different branches. You've got Eastern Orthodox, you've got Roman Catholic, you've got Protestant. Uh, we, in, in, the, in Islam, we've got Shiite and we've got Sunni. And I don't know if there are any other branches in there. Now, I don't know which is which. I don't there know. Uh, I, I think Iran There's is others. Shiite Muslim. I think Egypt is Sunni Muslim. Well, yeah, the blood is thicker than water. Well, that's true. So, so Egypt may have more in common with Iran than Israel, but would it not be more in, in Egypt's interest to deal with a prosperous and free and economically you know, progressive Israel that might help Egypt technologically in other ways to help them be a better country? than they would from Iran, which would want Egypt to be part of Iran, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Well, you I know, think, uh, yeah. to understand it all, you can't start in the middle of the book. You have to go back to the beginning of the book. Today's mm-hmm. Egypt is not that of pharaonic dynastic times. That area mm-hmm. goes back almost to 10,000 B.C. when there was none of these other Western religions. Yeah. And then you can better understand it. Yeah. But people I'm going to hold up. Yeah, I want to hold up now because I want to take a couple minutes and play some stuff. I want to get Bonnie's contact information. But also, Pianchi, I invite you to, to spend an hour with ancient history and tell us everything that uh, you know, you've been commenting on a little bit and, and typing in live chat because I think it's fascinating. And I think we need to do that. But I, as you know, I do not set up intentional conflicts. Uh, and debates on the show, because um, I don't think it's as productive as just allowing people to express everything that they want to say, because I'm not doing this for, you know, conflict ratings. I'm doing this to get information out. So, Bonnie, let's get your information. Let's talk about Fern Radio sure. and anything else that's going on. Yes, and then yes, I'm yes. going to uh, play a couple of quick commercials, and then we'll get to Bianca Von Krieg and a very special guest. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, you can find me Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WFRN.com. You can listen live from anywhere in the world where I host the Saturday Midday Show and talk about all kinds of things that are encouraging and helpful to anyone who is in discouraging times, which we are all in. So you can find me there, and you can also find my cookbooks at Amazon or at my website, www.bonnie-appetit.com. Sounds good. I'll talk to you next week with uh, more questions and more answers. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. As always, thank you, Greg. All right, you're welcome. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street 
in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Time for the progressive report. I made a scene for you. Are you ready? Giddy up. All right. And now a little West Coast sophistication for Action Radio. Where else can a progressive socialist, trans actor, political activist, and candidate from San Francisco meet on the air with an anti-federalist, individual rights, free market citizen legislator in Florida? Agree or disagree? And we do. It's always fascinating. So join us now, please, for the Progressive Report with Bianca Von Krieg. Uh, that's nice, Greg. Thank you. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, some of the some of the headlines for today we're going to be talking about. Uh, Bernie bust 50 of my peeps. 
and is uh, are arrested in his D.C. office. Uh, Bianca for San Francisco's agents crash Feinstein funeral. Halt and catch strike fever San Francisco teachers have. Literal gate crasher at Chinese Communist Party. Man drives his car in the lobby of Chinese consulate in San Francisco. And Harry sent me the latest campaign message from Bianca for San Francisco exposes Nancy Pelosi as LGBT frenemy. All this and MAGA Mega Man Steve Stern on the Progressive Report with Bianca Von Krieg. I love Live it. Live from the left coast, <laughs> it's the motherfucking revolution. I'm well, Bianca Von Krieg, and this is October 11th, Progressive Report. Try to stay away from the F-bombs, but other than that, it's okay. I mean, okay, uh, well, you yeah. heard it wrong, Steve. I, I, actually, I actually said mother-hugging. Oh, there we go. That's that's okay. No, Steve's the the guy that's going to join us on Greg, but that's okay. Um, so when's he calling? Mother hugging revolution. Mother, you can you can say that all you want. That that's fun. That's that's funny. Um, did you did, did, is he calling in the top top of the hour? Or did you tell him to call in a bit later? Because uh, I don't know how much time. Yeah, I think uh, Steve should be calling in around ten minutes past. That's fine. Okay, that's good. That gives a chance to yeah. uh, chat a little bit. Okay. So, as yeah. usual, you have completely different headlines than anything anybody else has on the show, which is great, which yeah. is a you know, big reason you're on. So, where do you want to start? Uh, I'm kind of curious about this Chinese consulate. Thing. Okay. <laughs> that strikes me as interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me the story. Yeah. It's, um, so, the guy drives his car straight into – there's uh, in the Chinese consulate, there's kind of like this uh, – one of these, like, metal garage doors, you know, those things that retract where they put them on the storefront sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they have that, and that, uh, and then there's that, and there's maybe some glass doors, and it just enters right into their main lobby. A right. guy drove his car completely through that. I only thought that was something that could happen in the movies. Um, <laughs> and you know, I also heard reports what kind of car to order this? a Big Mac. You know, uh, is this an SUV? <laughs> is this something large? Are we talking about? No, a, no. It was a, actually it was uh, ironically an Asian car, um, okay. which. You know, my, my cell phone has Japanese? more in it. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese car ramps, Chinese consulate. Uh, where, let's, just for folks to get an idea of this, where is the Chinese consulate mm-hmm. in San Francisco? Because it's not downtown. People think of like, this is, you know, like, no. like in, in Washington, they have an embassy row. No, these things are in some of the really nice houses. Russian embassy is a gorgeous house in Pacific Heights. It was, on, it was uh, a part of my tour. I used to go drive by it. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. where's the Chinese consulate? It is actually in all places in Japantown. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking I, about that earlier. I'm not kidding. So, so wait a minute. Okay, no, this, I'm not this is San Francisco, for those who don't know. So the Chinese consulate is in Japan. Where's the Japanese consulate? You know, next to uh, Sam uh, Wells? Maybe, <laughs> maybe in Chinatown. I don't know. It's, That's what it's I was all, thinking. Yeah, all, yeah. Everyone's on a wild safari today. Um, so the, That's funny. The police are pretty hush-hush about it, but uh, mm-hmm. the witnesses say, the police wouldn't say who killed him. Witnesses say they saw SFPD do it. And that the security guards in the bil- in the at, the at the consulate actually tried to calm the guy down. Apparently, he suffered head injuries and was actually yelling. You know, he was saying, "I'm looking for the CCP." Well, I guess he found it. Um, that would and, be Beijing. Uh, he was <laughs> you know Beijing. As yeah. for uh, as for Xi Jinping, and good luck with that. <laughs> Well, he had he had a concussion, I, I presume. So. Well, that's no excuse. Um, so, so what was so so we got yeah. so we got a Japanese car. Now, who was the driver? What, what was his background? 
they're not saying yet. Um, the what do you mean they're not saying? saying what, black guy, white guy, Asian guy, no. Jewish guy? Who is it? None, you know? None, None of that. Uyghur? Uyghur? No. Tibetan? Nope, nothing. Richard Gere? No, nothing. No, no, I'm just checking. Okay, fine. Could, <laughs> nah, I'm going to say no. Hmm. Uh, so, so we have so many uh, yeah. Asian vehicles. Rams the Chinese consulate. Was there a declaration? Was there a manifesto? Was there anything? Yeah. No. No, just. Uh, Why just now? The Chinese holiday. Who knows? There was a. Uh, it was also there was also a, a guy drove his uh, tractor trailer straight into the toll plaza at the San Rafael Richmond Bridge, and oh. it was burning. It, it blocked up so. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe they figure with the stuff in Israel, stuff is catching on. Um, uh, along Jewish stuff, uh, fifty yeah, anti-war. Pro- Go ahead. I'm yeah. Sorry. Uh, so fifty anti-war protesters, my people, descended on Bernie Sanders' D.C. office last week to demand that they stop funding Ukraine. Uh-huh. Uh Apparently, he tolerated them for them, and they they were eventually arrested and hauled off. My message to Bernie, let my people go. <laughs> now, which Bernie and is this again? I was, I was, I was momentarily... Bernie Sanders. Stuff here. So Bernie Sanders is in Bernie San Francisco Sanders. now? He has an office? No, no. This, no, this is a, a D.C. office. Oh, it's D.C. Um, office. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So what's, he, what's part, he doing? in? He lives in Vermont, I thought. So what's he doing in D.C.? He's not in office. He's not in the Congress. No, but he does have a Senate seat. Oh, is he the senator? He's still senator from Vermont? Yeah, he's a senator. Okay, so, all right, so I was wrong on that. All right, so that makes sense. Yeah, okay, so that, yeah. that might explain him being in Washington. So the, the, yep. the protesters were saying stop all funding for, uh, for Ukraine? I agree. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's one thing progressives and, you know, you know, Freedom Caucus have in common. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want endless wars, when, and we certainly don't want to pay for it when our people are struggling and, you know, striking every which way from Sunday, which brings us to our next thing. San mm-hmm. Francisco teachers today are voting on whether or not to strike. Apparently, strike fever is caught, you know, cashed on to San Francisco. They have such frivolous demands like food and shelter. So we'll <laughs> see how that plays out. <laughs> well, how much do San Francisco teachers make? Um, and how much do they make? And, and we can do it with the cost of living because cost of living in San Francisco is prohibitive. So do teachers that's, that's live there? That's a great there? question. I, I didn't look that up. Okay. It, Oh, it's, next week. it's it's in the it's I think it starts don't quote me on this but I think it starts around the like 70s or 80s or something like that um, and obviously that's still not a lot for San Francisco no know, it's not it's not yeah yeah it's not it really isn't and um, so the, the the city will most likely what they attempt to do is the same the same thing they did over the uh, COVID summer and attempt to just villainize teachers. And as we all know, teachers have had it too good for too long with their mega mansions and Lamborghinis. So, <laughs> well, there's a there's a counter to that too to because teachers. Yeah. So, but I, I have a little difference though because teachers, you know, the salaries aren't huge, but the pensions are, and most people don't get pensions. The benefits are really good, uh, and I don't begrudge that because I was a teamster. I got fabulous benefits too. I think if you can negotiate that, no problem. But the biggest thing with teachers is they only work 180 days a year. 
the school year is maybe 180, 180 days a year. That leaves almost 180 days or 175 days that they can also work. Now, I work seven days a week, but that's my choice. I don't expect people to do that. Yeah. But a standard salary job, 40 hours a week, which I would like to see in four tens. I don't know how that would work for teachers, but that would be interesting. I mean, we could structure a school day that, uh, that's uh, a four you know, a 410 or a 48 or something like that. But uh, teachers are not doing as badly as people think. Um, because they only work 180 days a year, they could consult, they could work, they could bartend. I know teachers used to bartend, actually. Um, there's a lot of jobs <laughs> that teachers could do the other 180 days of the year. And people forget that. So there's a little bit of a sympathy gap for me just because of the opportunity to earn money um, during the summer. Um, you know, writing, they could write a book in those six months they have off. There's a lot of things teachers could do. Did you say six months and then three months, right? No, six. Well, they get six months off because if you were, they get 180 days on, 180 days off, 360, you know, roughly 365 uh, days a year, plus holidays, weekends, things like that. In other words, let me put it this way: they've got a lot of time off. They only, the school year is only 180 days. So well, there's a lot a of time job, to work. To be sure, I would say. What's that? Um, I, I would say it's a thankless job, nonetheless. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think everybody here could use could use a boost including them. Uh, so we'll see how that goes with them. Uh, Feinstein did not have a, such a great send-off. Some of my people crashed the funeral. Uh, Pelosi got herself a San Francisco salute. Um, other people denounced Feinstein's selfishness and hubris. If you go to our Instagram page, you can see a mm-hmm. picture of a woman holding a sign that says, if you want people to feel sad when you die, then maybe retire before you go senile. Hey, listen, I've got to hold you for a sec. Steve's here. Okay. So I just okay. wanted to uh, let you sum up your point, and uh, then we'll get to him. He's got a different number than I expected. So if I'm wrong, uh, we're going to find out real fast. Let me just find out just to make sure here. So is this Steve's turn? Okay. That's me. Okay, good. Well, in that case, hey, we're going to welcome you the traditional yeah, action radio so way. Yeah, sorry. I, I couldn't find the number. It got deleted out of my thing. I had to go through oh, all no. kinds of stuff to get it. Well, I'm glad you did, because I, I really yeah, want to talk to you. Sure. Anyway, I've watched all your videos, but let me give you our traditional welcome, because you are the guest of the day, Steve Stern. So I only recently became familiar with you, which I don't know how we missed each other, uh, but Bianca's the one that brought you to my attention. Uh, and I'll give you a little bio for everybody, that, or give everybody a bio. We have a patriot, an entrepreneur, a political activist, and campaign strategist, created Precinct Strategy, uh, the flagship company. He knows everybody in the America First movement that I want to get to know, including President Trump. And I want to know how you and Bianca cross paths. This to me is fascinating because you're a conservative patriot and then Bianca's a progressive socialist. So, so how did you guys get connected? Well, I think through Tina Celine. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. You know, what happened was um, I was on Steve Bannon about six uh-huh. months. Well, I've been on a lot, but I was on his show about six months ago. Uh-huh. And um, uh, Tina Celine called me and asked me if I could get involved in California and helping them to uh, turn California red. So I said, well, I'd be glad to help. And I started calling uh-huh. people all over California. She gave me tons of people. So that's how we probably got connected. But I speak to so many people that sometimes, you know, I'm 82 years old. I've been doing this for 20 years, uh, involved with so many people, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you don't even remember how you got connected. So Okay. The I have the same thing, too, and I'm only 63. Yeah. So, But let's give you a round of applause for everything you're doing. There we go. 
So that's where you see. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me, and hopefully we can answer some questions and we can get uh-huh. people to join in. And, uh, you know, some of the things I know, you do. You work on the border, and that's I've worked with Tom Holman, Tom Trento, in trying uh-huh. to close the border. Um, you know, I've probably been on 100 different podcasts and TV shows, and, you know, we, what I do is a little different than a lot of other people. I'm old school. Uh, so I put my name and number and email up, and people call. Yeah, give it now. And we try give to it give now if you want. Yeah, sure. I've got I've so, got them already, but feel free. Right. So if anybody wants to connect me, and I'm going to give you a lot of information today, um, uh, you can go on, on three different areas. You can go first. You can give me a call at 954-318-6902. You can go to the flag shirt. We're the largest patriotic website in the world. You can go to info at theflagshirt.com, or you can go to www.theflagshirt.com. And the best thing to do would be to email me because I wake up about 4.30 in the morning and I answer emails. So it's S Stern, that's S-S-T-E-R-N-1054 at gmail.com. Um, and what I do is when I get up there, I answer everybody's call because there's so many questions that people have and they can't get answers. And if I don't have the answer, naturally I don't have all the answers. I send them over to a lot of people because I work with uh, General Flynn, Mike Davis, Colonel Mills, many, many, many people around the country. Um, and, you know, we try to get the answers. So we hold uh, an election integrity, we've changed it to election security, Zoom meeting. And how did that happen? Uh, we started with our precinct strategy Zoom, which I'll let you know what that is. Everybody, you know, you would think that everybody knows what precinct strategy is, but they don't. So precinct strategy is basically the Republican Party. There's 200,000 slots. When we started, with Dan Schultz wrote the book on why people should get involved. And if you go to www.precinctstrategy.com, it gives you all the information with every state on how to get involved and how to become a committee man or a committee woman. And what does that mean? So when you become a committee man or committee woman, and in California, um, you, you, be, you belong to the central committee, and they're going to be elected soon. So we want people to start to, to go on there to get rid of some of the rhinos and the establishing people that have controlled California for so long. And when you become a committee man or committee woman, uh, you attend meetings, you vote, you sign up voters, but the most important thing is to get candidates elected. So we know that that's important today, especially in California. And I got involved with a super PAC that anybody that's listening can um, get a candidate supported. And if you go to our super PAC, DrainTheSwampUSA.com, that's DrainTheSwampUSA.com. It's We the People, and it's MAGA America First. So those are the people going to be vetted. And it drives people to campaigns. Uh, we place ads for them, uh, emails, text, and it gets you to know your local um, state national candidate, which I think is one of the most important things because everybody keys on, on the president of the United States, but they forget a lot of times our congressmen, our senators, our uh, mayors, uh, our commissioners, our uh, school board members, all this is important, and it takes a lot of money to do this, and a lot of the people in California call me and ask me, you know, how do we, how do, we do this? So we give them plenty of information, and let's get back to these Zoom meetings. When I was with President Trump here back in November, and uh, I went there specifically for a reason. It took me six months to get an appointment, and two of them were canceled. But 
I did get in to see him a number of times after that. And the main thing was to get him to talk to people to get involved at his rallies. Now, he promised to do that during this 45-minute conversation where he actually endorsed one of my candidates, but he hasn't done that yet. So we're taking it upon ourselves now to try to get people in, involved. And, and the main reason is, as we know, the board is open and look at the war that's going on with Israel now. The same thing could happen here. Uh, Colonel Mills told me he was down in Panama and the, and the Chinese are uh, establishing camps down there to train people. What do you think they're going to train them for? What do you think they're going to train them for in Cuba? Why do you think the 100 or 150,000 people that we don't know that entered the United States are trying to do? Now, if we don't wake up soon, we're going to be Venezuela. So we have this Zoom meeting on election integrity pretty much between every week and every two or three weeks, and we have the cream of the crop on there. We've had Jovan Pulitzer, Kalita Mitchell, Dr. Frank, Mike Lindell, Heather Honey, Dr. Robert Epstein. That's a big name that everybody should know and listen about because he's in California in San Diego, and I went out to see him a couple of weeks ago. And why did I go to see him? Because he, he has said something that everybody's got to know what happened. Um, he was on Cleta Mitchell's Zoom. I brought him on our Zoom, and then I went to see him. And what he said as a Democrat, and I asked him, well, why are you doing this as a Democrat? Because he says he wants to see free elections. He has said and he has proven that Google has swayed last election with Biden between two and five million votes. Now, people want to know how that happened. So the independent voter looked up all these type things. And, you know, they they uh, I'm getting background noise. From somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that you? Oh, okay. Not me. <laughs> yeah, the, the ah. microphone picks up everything, so if the dog barks, we'll right. hear it. Yeah. Sorry you know, about that. If your wife that, says, guys. dear, you're late for whatever, we'll hear it anyway. <laughs> so I think this is, you know, this is one of the most important things uh, uh-huh. that Google swayed the election. Here everybody says, you know, something's wrong with the election. Uh-huh. There's been, you know, ballots are screwed up and et cetera, et cetera. And we know a lot. And when you talk about this, and uh, unfortunately, his wife got killed. He was called about four months ago and said, somebody in your family is going to get killed. And so he has 11,000 people working for him. And these are some of the things that we try to bring up to people so they understand what's going on. So the rest of the people that are on there are Raj Diajami, who hosts this with me, Linda Sinkowitz, who who has taken people off the voter rolls. She has 22,000 people off the voter rolls. Linda Payne Mm -hmm. down in California. Terry Raposa in California, who got the, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, the machines out in, uh, in the county. Uh, Marley Hornick, who was audit New York. Uh, Melanie Clark, Kathy Harms, and on and on. We've had over 100 different speakers, and uh, we get anywhere from 300 to 800 people. So anybody, hmm. again, who's interested in coming on that is certainly welcome. So some of the oh, people I ask me, I want to be honest. I'm going to shock all some of you. Some of the people... Well, let me, Go let me save you a little Question. time here sure. because I want to tell you what sure. we do um, because this is, just as you are unique, this show is unique on the planet. We are the only show that has a citizen legislature. We actually write bills, a lot of times on the air. I mean, I teach people how to do this. And we've solved, I think, many of the problems that you're working on, and, but I don't get invited to speak. You know, I think there's a, one of the biggest problems in, in the America First movement is that they don't want to solve the problems. They just want to talk about them and keep doing events and making yeah. money. So we have, yeah, Bianca, yeah, well, Bianca, believe me, I'm going to give you a chance here, but I want, to get, I want to get this bill out. We wrote a bill. Actually, one of my reporters wrote it, wrote it, who does our election integrity report. Uh, it's called the Florida Election Integrity Bill of 2023, and uh, here are the main uh, points of it. Zero machines of any kind allowed in the polling place. 
pre-printed paper ballots only, paper ledgers only, all poll workers bonded, videotape of all ballot counting, a thousand people or less per precinct so we can get the results by midnight. Uh, here's the thing that I added to it. Voter registration expires at midnight every year on December 31st. The rolls are self-cleaning. Everybody has to re-register. That's our bill. That's basically everything you're talking about, and we already have it in a bill. You can do, use it at the county level, the city level, the state level. Um, it wouldn't be federal because federal doesn't control the elections. But we've already got the bill for you. It's already done. And where, where are you putting that bill? Where are you doing this at? WriteYourLaws.com. That's our main website. No, no, Except but where, what state? What state are you in? I'm in Florida. So this is written for Florida, yeah, okay. but it's, I'm, I'm in Milton next to uh, Pensacola. But it's so applicable to any state. Oh, well, we're I'm in full budget. Sort of. Well, <laughs> yeah, <not> right. <laughs> okay. right. I, I didn't catch your name when you first came on. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Greg Penglis, P-E-N-G-L-I-S. And so okay. our website is writeyourlaws.com. I'm going to email you. I'll, I'll email you all the details. I've got a, a bunch of bills yeah, for 100%. you. Um, let me let me give you one more, and then I want to get to, to Bianca. Here's the, the other one. that uh, That's huge. The, the other one I think you'll find fascinating. Uh, Bianca doesn't like this one. She says it's a non-starter, but I think it's going to be critical. It's a constitutional mm-hmm. amendment. Congress shall not have the power to borrow money. This is how simple it is. It's constitutional. And it takes away the power of Congress to borrow money. Everybody's saying, oh, what is Steve Bannon? I've got to get this to Steve Bannon. Everybody talks about, you know, the national debt's a huge problem. And it is. It's economic suicide. But no one knows how to solve it. This balanced budget amendment's not going to work because it has an emergency escape clause. So here's what I wrote. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution shall be amended by striking Clause 2 to borrow money on the credit of the United States. Section 8, Clause 1 shall be amended by adding at the end and Congress shall have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor to print money to cover expenses, nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities, nor to authorize or permit any central bank, nor to allow any control of money beyond Congress. How's that for Bill? Sounds good. And you know what? I'm glad mm-hmm. to, you know, that's one of the things that I do. We have mm-hmm. uh, probably over 200 podcasts that, uh, we circulate through our people to get them on. So oh. we're happy to get you on since you didn't get on. We start with the lower people first and move okay. you up as people, you know, like it. And we're glad to do that. I just um, got about 30, 40 people on different shows over the last few weeks. And mm-hmm. I'll be speaking this week at Clay Clark event down in Miami, uh, which General Flynn was nice enough to get me to speak because um, it was tough to get in there. Yeah, I want but to we also too, yeah. Been, yeah, Raj and I are going to have a, um, uh, a, a booth and interviewing people and also doing interviews. Uh, the thing we do differently is we set these interviews up before, where a lot of mm. people do it afterwards. We're also, I just came back from Clay Clark in Las Vegas, and I learned something. You know, one thing, the older you get, the more you have to learn, because nobody knows it all. So when I was out there, there was mm-hmm. a gentleman, uh, his name is um, uh, Paul Bodine, uh, Bodine, and he's a mm-hmm. um, precinct captain in uh, Las Vegas. And, you know, we talked for a while, and I'm standing there, and I see people coming up to the booth and say, hey, we want to get involved. And so I asked them, well, wait a minute. Don't you know that there's a Republican Party in your county and you could become involved? He said, well, we really didn't know that, or if we knew that, we didn't really get involved. So I said to myself, wow, if this is happening, we got to set up tables at every event, and that's what we're doing. Uh, we're putting a Republican uh, table here at the Clay Clock event here in Miami. We've already got about 100 people coming in uh, to sign up. And we're starting to do this all over the country because if we don't get the people to work now, 
Precinct strategy in the Republican Party has 400,000 slots. There's 210,000 people involved. That's ludicrous. Uh We have 60 million voters. Where the hell are all the other people? Now, you know that these things don't happen until the country goes down the tube. Now, we're slightly down the tube now, as we all know, because gas prices, if you're in California, are like 6.50 a gallon and wow. high in other places, and people can't afford their rents anymore because by the time you take their salary and you have to pay rent, you've got to pay electric, which is skyrocketing, uh, all these other costs, food costs and everything else. So you would think that people want to get involved, and that's the, the worst thing that we have right now. We're just not getting enough people involved. Sure, I go on TV and I get you know, 40, 50 people involved, but we're talking about this country. And you know, my dad told me about the Depression and many of our kids have no clue what a depression can happen, and, and we don't yep. think that you know things can happen. But I'm going to tell you, and if you listen to a lot of the shows and you look at economists, what they're saying, that, and I don't know if you were around when interest rates were 18%, but they're going to go up, and they're going mm-hmm. to continue to spiral because our debt is so far out of control, it's ridiculous. So we have to get people involved. And, you know, I did a... I did a program here, um, which I'm glad to send you, for Flag Day, since, you know, the flag shirt um, is our country. Oh, I saw the website. My son asked, I've seen, like, four of your websites. I was going over them this morning, yeah. Right. So what yeah. happened was my son asked me to do a little program for uh, Flag Day. Well, I don't do things little. So I said to myself, <laughs> okay, i got to do this. So I dropped everything I was doing, and I started calling people to attend <clears throat> this uh, particular event. I called Mike uh, Lindell. He said, sure, I'll go on. He said, not only that, for your birthday, I'm going to give you a present. I'm going to put you on a network. So I said, whoa, this is pretty big. So I talked to Brandon House, who's his uh, producer. For yeah, TV, he's been on. And he's, he's been on the show. Right. So, yeah. so he said, sure. But he said, I'm busy and I'm not sure how much I can do to help you, but I'll do it. So four weeks went by and really nothing happened. And I was you know, getting kind of crazy here because I started lining up speakers, and I had 60 speakers already. And I'm going to tell you who was on there and what happened. So Brandon said, well, give me everything today, and I'll do it. I said, wait a minute, Brandon. We can't do everything in one day. So I, I, I called up Mike's secretary, and I said to uh, Mike's secretary, hey, listen, I've got a guy that's going to produce it for us, um, uh, you know, and um, you guys just host it. So about 30 minutes later, Mike calls me up, and he gets Brandon on the phone. I said, look, Brandon's very busy. I got... Jovan Pulitzer, who's going to produce it. So he produced it, and it was unbelievable. So we had General Flynn open up. We had Tom Homan, Sebastian Gorka, William Federer, Lee Greenwood. Lee Greenwood sang his song. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Bannon came on. Um, we had flag experts. We had uh, Chanel Rion from One American News. We had yep. uh, Gerald Malloy, who ran for Congress, Mike Lindell, Clay Clark, uh, John Fredericks, Mel Kay, and many, many, many people. So this thing went viral and we yeah, we thought we'd have about 30 40,000 people watch it. Well, it's gone through a million already and it's still going because we keep sending it out cuz people ask for it and we already have people that ask for it going on next year. And a lot of these people have said stuff exactly what we're talking about today. You know, how are we going to change the elections? How are we going to make America great again? And uh, you know, we see these things happening. So unless people get involved, I just did a uh 45 minute interview with Moms for America. They got 500,000 people. We did that yesterday. It's going to appear. They're going to try to help us. Some of the things that will help your listeners also, we have a guy in San Diego called TotalNews.com. I don't know if you know who they are. TotalNews.com. Total News will put your show on live. They'll they'll put all kind of um, uh, 
different interviews on there. They'll, they they have a, a huge following. They have a big the news every day. And then we have another guy in um, Palm Beach, which is in our state, yournews.com. Yournews.com is the same thing. So we can get a lot of information out that, you know, that other people can't do. Another mm-hmm. thing I'm going to give you, um, Michelle Swinnick. I don't know Michelle. She's on Bright on TV. She hosts many, many uh, podcasts and stuff with me and um, also host our Precinct Strategy Zoom when we have it. We started a, um, a website called SaveMyFreedom.us. That's SaveMyFreedom.us. And what that's going to do is that's going to help us with some of the things that you're talking about, getting rid of the machines. Uh, she's working out in Arizona 12 hours a day along with Lindell and everybody else. So these are some of the things that we're doing. And uh, I, what I always do is I... You know, I stand for all the people that are working 12, 14 hours a day. A lot of people ask me how I'm able to do this. How am I able to do what I do? Do you love what you're and doing? It's very simple. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's more than that. My dad, and I, I, I do a little story, but I'll just give you a quick story. When I was 12 years old, I, I wanted to go to the Brooklyn Dodger games. I had 25 cents in my pocket. Um, I asked my dad for 20 bucks. I bought greeting cards. Long story short, I couldn't sell any. I came home. I started crying, and my dad said, just do it. So I did it. I won't go through the whole story, but um, mm-hmm. this is a story that people have to get things accomplished. You can't give up. So that's what I do. If i got to go see President Trump, I'm going to find a way. If i got to get a hold of Lindell, I'll do it. How did I do that? I picked up the phone, called him. He said, do I know you? I said, uh, I saw you two years ago in an event. I said, but I love your towels. Well, you know, as a businessman, you always tell the other guy, hey, your product is great. So he said, well, <laughs> what can I do for you? I said, do you know what precinct strategy is? He said, I do not. I started talking about it. He said, wait a minute, let me get one of my secretaries on that works with some of the things like that. We talked for an hour. He said, Steve, I want you and Dan Schultz on tomorrow my program. On the program, he endorsed it right away, and he has spread the word all over the place. So those are some of the things to do. And why I mentioned President Trump is because I work on with him on his campaign. And i got to tell you a little story. Um, I did a program on my birthday for my 81st birthday on, on Steve Bannon. Um, mm-hmm. and how did I get involved with Steve Bannon, who, like you said, you'd like to get on? Um, yeah. About three and a half years ago, I called Dan Schultz, who was the guy who started Precinct Strategy, and I told him what I did in Broward County. I was the membership director, and I had got went from 100 people to 500 people, told him how I did it, and he said, oh, you got a great success story. He says, well, let me get you on. So I, I got on. And through that, I was on for my birthday after many, many times. And uh, Liz Harrington saw the program, and she called President Trump up. And for my birthday, I got a nice letter, which came in a day after, two days after my birthday. But I'd like to read it, if you don't mind. It's, sure. Um, yeah. It says, Dear Steve, uh, we, we join your family and friends and wish you a happy 81st birthday. Our nation is strong because of hardworking patriots like you who believe in and defend the great American ideals of faith, family, community, and country. Let's think about that. Faith, family, community, and country. Your commitment is excellence and dedication is exemplifying to the American dream through ingenuity, hard work, and principal leadership and the foundation of your tremendous success and demonstrates the proud spirit of family-owned and operated businesses. As you celebrate this special day, We hope your heart is filled with joy, knowing you have experienced our country's greatest blessings, freedom, and the affection of your loved ones. Melanie and I uh, send you our very best for for your continued health, happiness, happy birthday, and may God bless you and your family. Well, this is one of the greatest things in my life, you know, to get a letter from that from the president. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't know me from Adam, but he realized what we do. So fortunately, after that letter, I started working harder. Instead of getting up at 7 o'clock, I'm getting up at 4.30. And, you know, you can get a lot, yeah, of, a lot of things happen. And I, I'd like to tell you about a guy in Texas. Isn't this guy a pistol? I told you he was, he was, he was great. Oh, no, it's great. No, I, I've watched all the videos. I, I just want to get Bianca in the yeah. conversation because I want to know how you two connected. We only have about 25 minutes yeah. left. And I, I have a couple more we things can run I over. to you about, too. Yeah. All right. So, so, Steve, you want to do this one story? And then I want to get to Bianca and find out uh, yeah, yeah, how you I'd guys like got connected. Question. You know, I sure. represent the people that work 12, 14 hours a day. Many of them don't uh-huh. get on TV, just like you yeah. said. And there's uh-huh. a guy in Texas, he wrote a book called The Five-Star Plan. Write that down, The Five-Star Plan. Why okay. I like him, he, he wrote this, and it says, replacing politicians with patriots. So all the patriots out there, we've got to get some of them to run for office. What he did was he drove eight hours to speak to 16 people. Now, I say to myself, how many guys or women – drive eight hours to speak to 16 people to tell them to get involved. So through his efforts, he's got over 1,500 people involved in Texas. And, you know, mm-hmm. Texas is naturally having problems with everybody coming in and all the, uh, all the people, right. you know, getting right. through there. So, there and, and one other person who I, you know, I always bring up when I do this, because this is so important, besides our great Tina Celine in California, which you should have on because she knows everybody there. No, I'm she's happy to. Everybody. She, yeah. She's a fantastic girl. But we have a girl in New Jersey which is a blue state like you guys, like um, California. Her uh, name is Liz Nader. Um, she started a club called Common Sense Club with 10 people a year and a half ago. It's up to 145,000 people. So if we can do that there, can you imagine what we can do all over? So, Bianca, mm-hmm. give me a couple of questions. Let me answer some of your stuff. I'm happy to do that, and I understand we only got about 25 minutes, which is longer oh, than I back. usually get on. Cause <laughs> oh, no. I, I, well, normally we have overtime, but no, I No, we can run sure the show because, over a little bit because I, well, I, I need you guys. Maybe not. I need you guys romance out and everything, and uh, okay. so I kind of plan for this. Uh, so you know, no, how actually, how I, how I met Steve was, um, you know, I, we, we've made an active effort to reach out to people like him. Uh, we're seeing a lot of things that we have in common. Like, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't stand for sanctuary cities. I think they're in hot, inhuman. I encouraged Trump to build the border wall. As a matter of fact, I wanted, to name, I wanted him to name it after Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> and, you know, you know uh, and then, uh, you know, no more green shirts for Ukraine. That sounds great. You know, we're sending a billion dollars a week to Ukraine. That's got to stop. Defunding the police. How, how, how are we not getting together on that one? And justice for Ashley Babbitt and the you know, January 6th detainees. A lot like, um, uh, you know, Alan Dershowitz, who is a, you know, is a, just a diehard liberal like me, but he also believes that they have, they have a right to due process, which they're not getting. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been in there almost two years and they haven't even had a bail hearing. What is that? So, uh, you know, and this actually started before, before Steve, uh, when I approached the people who were doing the Newsom recall. And because the progressives were having a lot of problems with Newsom. He wasn't getting the wealth tax out. He was, he was single-payer uh, health was going down the tubes. And we were like, let's get this guy out of here. Let's get a progressive in. The recall gave us a perfect opportunity. And the leaders of that were very happy to work with us. And as a result, I got 500,000 California Democrats, that's a third of what we needed to sign the recall petition of Newsom and get him out. And we did hold the election. He managed to slink by somehow. But um, Steve was kind enough 
to allow me to come on as one of his calls, mm-hmm. talk to talk to Mike, and uh, see if we could work together too. And we we did we did make a couple of contacts from the calls, so that was nice. But you know there are a lot of areas here. Po- politics is not a spectrum; it's a sphere. I've said that many many times. You know mm-hmm. there there are things that we that we intersect on, and that we're happy to work about. You know work with you guys on. This is a fascinating, you know, meeting. I mean, the, the insights that you have in the Democrat Party, uh, the Progressive Caucus and everything else is invaluable. And the things that we do have in common, and we may have different reasons for doing it, you know, but it doesn't matter. But the, the goal is the same. We both love our country and we want the best for it. We just have different ways of getting there. And that's really critical uh, for folks to understand. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah so absolutely. I, so you, did you, I heard you call Mike Lindell, but just a quick note to Steve. The, the reason I want to contact these people and get on their show is because we are so censored here. Uh, and this is, we're the only show that writes legislation. We're the only show that people can go to and learn to do it. And for our activists, we don't have meetings. We don't have clubs. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to pay dues. You don't have to listen to speeches. All I ask people to do is copy the links to the bills, send them into the appropriate legislature, and say, pass this bill. So this is uh, all electronic. There's, there's, it's minimal fuss. There's no cost because everybody already has their computers and they have email. So whether it's media or whether it's uh, Congress or your state legislature, legislature or, or local, county, city, you know, any of those things, anybody can copy a bill and send it in and say, pass this bill. We write them. We, we got yeah. it all set to go. So what Steve can do, if you can connect me with all these different groups and we get all these people sending in bills, you got a few million, million people sending in a bill on, say, tax liability. Well, we can, have, the, you, we can you know, have you come on our, uh-huh. you know, on our Zoom uh-huh. meeting where we have between 200 and 800, depending Perfect. on which will be a week, a week from this coming Monday. So when you oh, email me, you have my email address, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to email you after the show. Absolutely. Yeah. You okay. got it, of course. And you got my number also, so uh, mm-hmm. either one. No, I'll be calling. <laughs> That's why I don't sure. worry about how much oh, we talk hey, about here because we're, we're going to be in touch. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a follow-through guy. That's the key. You know what I mean? People often mm-hmm. say, um, I didn't believe you are going to call me back. You know, when I get on Bannon, you know, you could get anywhere up to 500 calls. And, I, and yep. you know, I just call people back. And, that's, uh, and, the, and how did that happen? When I joined the Republican Party in Broward County, well, I was a Republican, but when I joined the Broward Republican Executive Committee 20 years ago, I called, and it took three months before they answered my calls. I would call, leave messages, nothing happened. Then, until uh, I got an application, was three months. So that's six months wasted on a guy that wants to uh, you know, do this. So now I got in there, right. and I sat there. The first meeting, not a person came up to me, and I said, wait a minute, I'm coming in. I don't know what i got to do. Second meeting, same thing. So the third meeting, I went to the chairman, and I said, I would like to take over the membership committee. Oh, that's great. We don't have anybody that does that. I said, well, also, I'd like to take over the phones because, you know, well, we don't have a permanent person. Well, what does that mean? Don't somebody answer the phones? So I picked up the phones, and there was 186 messages. So I called everybody back, and some of the people said, well, nobody's ever called My back. God. So that's, why, that's why I'm calling you back. And I said, um, you know, out of that, we got 28 new members. So can you imagine? And you think this doesn't happen all over the United States. Now, it happens both in the Democratic Party and happens in the Republican Party. Because I get calls yes, from people see. saying nobody doesn't want to get me involved. Because, you know, power, you see what's happening with power. All over the world, people have power. And that power goes to the head. And this is what's oh, happening yeah. with, with your, you know, whether it's You know, that's Trump. a great point, Steve, because that happened to us during the recall, too. It, it was... The recall was a very much a grassroots movement here in California, mostly by Republicans. 
but they weren't these kind of like uh, deep state Republicans. They were just regular guys like you who were just upset about the way things are going in California. And it was very inclusive. Obviously, I was involved. Um, I, you know, engineered a lot of the architecture and the strategy. But, you know, once, once things really started picking up steam, the, 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 the party controllers in, in Sacramento got their hooks into things. And that's when they really started to push people out. We had Republican people, uh, you know, chair, committee chairmen, county committee chairmen calling in and say, I like this, I want to get involved. They were from Central California, which is like the breadbasket of the West Coast. <clears throat> and their big yeah, thing I'm is water. They with, want I'm to very, talk about Yeah, I'm very familiar what? with that because I'm very familiar with that because my son played tennis for Cal Irvine. So I used to go to LA and Newport and, and meet a lot of people that were telling me the same thing that you're saying. And I believe you yeah. guys won. I believe yeah. Newsom never had the votes, but I believe that some of the people got eight ballots. Um, you know, well, you, uh, you know what the thing, the thing was, Steve, is that they did a poll, and it was, up, it was in the high 60s or lower 70s of Democrats that said they wanted another choice besides Newsom. That, that tells they you wanted right another so, Yeah. So we're working very hard in trying to get people off the voter rolls, dead people, everything else. I mean, I think that's one of the most important things because um, – as you said, you know, that what you wanted to do, that people should have to, yeah, you know, everything should be cleaned off at the end of the year, and you got to re-register, and that's the only way. We do for cars. But, <laughs> You'd have to re-register your car every year. Why, why can't we register to vote? Here's the, yeah. here's the problem, and I don't know if uh-huh. you notice or not, but, you know, the Democrats have instituted a website where you can sign up to vote with just your last four uh, digits of uh-huh. your Social Security number. And, and that we should understand be illegal. That they give, Right, yeah. and we get and we understand that the uh, illegals who are coming in are getting social security cards in some cases, and mm-hmm. green cards, and they're able to vote. And in Texas, they're, they're looking at maybe fifty thousand people that have come in recently mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. site. So nobody's talking about it. Is anybody well, saying they can anything? Fix that. Yeah. They well, we've talked with, about with, that before uh, on the show, right, Greg? Yeah, we've yeah. Talk, well, like me, they, me, there's no voter me. ID requirements in California. Anybody yeah, so can sign up and give an address. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, too, is that, see, this is something you really need to understand, is that these groups, these like so-called like minority political groups who are, who are asking for open borders, they don't represent the minorities in question. If you're somebody who's here, especially if you're legally, you, they want closed borders. You know, they, they want benefits too, but they, they, don't, they don't want open borders. That, that's, that's a fallacy, and that's one of the you things watch. I wanted to stop. Yeah, yeah, you watch one of the things that's going to happen. You know that how many terrorists have slipped through this thing. I, I watch uh, Ben Burkwine and many, many other people who are involved with the border and what's going on, and there's no way we've stopped terrorists from coming in. But what do you think those terrorists yeah. are going to do? I mean, so what's going to happen? Nothing good. When, this happens, when this happens, what happened in Israel the other day, that happens here. And all of a sudden, there's different um, things happen, such as poisoning the, um, uh, the water supply, cutting electric power, uh, screwing up the tracks on major stations all at one time on one day. And that can happen easily because our people, I don't know where our security is because Let's face it, if Israel didn't have security and know what was going to happen, certainly the United States has bigger capability and should have known what was going to happen. Now, we don't even know what happens in the United States because half of the stuff 
you're told is, is a lie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do we fix that? That's it's one thing I get saying. about you guys. You're, you're pissed off because your government lies to you. I get that. I really do because they, you know, they lie to us too. And we're mad as hell too. They've been lying to us. The media lies to us. We, we say that all the time in our, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in every kind of political organization imaginable in the United States and California, and we're pissed off about these things, too, because they're doing it to us, too. They're well, doing yeah, it they're to doing it to everybody, it's because when they open the border, yeah. they just don't open the border for Republicans. They open the border for independents, no. Republicans, non-affiliates, everybody. And why, look, here's the worst thing. 100,000 people died from fentanyl. Where are all the mothers of the kids that died over the fentanyl. Why aren't they coming up on TV, radio, saying, hey, why are they letting the Chinese put all this fentanyl in? Chinese don't have to go to war. They're deteriorating on the United States one day at a time because what happens is when you owe $32 trillion, um, and I'm not the greatest economist, but look, I never borrowed a penny from the bank. I built my business without borrowing money. Yes, I needed a line of credit, but... I never borrowed money. I did everything myself. And, you know, I, I, and, and that's how you build the business because, you know, when you need money, the banks won't move to you. When you don't want money, then they want to give it to you. So the lesson in, in, in that is, economics. That's the rub right the there. Government, <laughs> the government owes $32 trillion. Sooner or later, when the interest rates get up to 10 15%, how are you going to service that debt? People don't understand that. I mean, you know, we were paying zero We have a interest. solution. We have a solution. Yeah, okay. Right. Stop Congress right. borrowing money. That's the solution. There's no question about that. But the, will the solution be put in in time to stop what's going on? Because 32 trillion people don't even realize what 32 trillion is. They, they can't get past. They can't count past mm-hmm. a million, or they don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're not paying. But what's going to happen when they pay? Don't they understand that when your debt gets out of control, all of a sudden mm-hmm. inflation hits, and inflation is starting now. And you know everybody's just you know they're using the money that they've made, look, we have a lot of wealth in this United States. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're coming in and using a lot of wealth now. You go to Utah and you go to Colorado and you see people buying houses for millions and millions and millions of dollars that years ago were $200,000. And, you know, all these people are moving out of California, moving into these other states, and mm-hmm. they're start spreading yeah. their wealth out of California, where California is going to be in serious trouble because – they We're already there. We're already there. We've got 160,000 homeless people, and there's 77 out of California's 56, 156 billionaires live right here in San Francisco. And I fought a major battle. With, uh, we formed a coalition with a lot of homeless groups out here in San Francisco to stop. We got an injunction to stop the city of San Francisco from doing street sweeps which basically pushes homeless people into the gutter. And the reason why we did that is because there are 40,000 vacant units in San Francisco. We have the money and the capacity to house people humanely, and that means getting them off fentanyl. And the city didn't want to do it. And the speech I made, the speech I made in front of the Ninth Circuit uh, Federal Court here in San Francisco was, who are they going to blame now? There's no Republicans here. There's no MAGAs here. There's no Donald Trump. There's just the deep state dinos who are working for, you know, against our country's interests and against the will of the people. So it's, you know, that's what, that's what I'm trying to work with you guys on. Is like we have a lot of common ground. We have way more than we realize, and we need that's to get action on, on it. 
Yeah, I want to ask yeah. you about that. I mean, the, the, the that's city attorney. I, uh, yeah. The city attorney finally admitted it would cost 1.5 billion dollars to house them. Do it. We have we have a nearly 15 billion dollar budget here in San Francisco. 77 yeah. billionaires. There's no excuse for that. The money's there, and we can do it. We don't have to tax, you know, people like Steve or Greg or even, you know, their lawyers to do this. We can tax the uber, uber rich. We can still have free markets. We can still have capitalism, and we can still do right by our fellow human beings. And that's what I'm but how about. All, how about all the billions that are going to our illegal aliens coming in where we got people on the street, vets and everything else, they're getting free housing. What did I say earlier? I said, build, I said, Steve, build that damn wall. Build right. the wall, build it high, you know, and I was, and, and Greg and I are both proponents of busting. You know, Greg was saying the, uh, a couple no, of weeks trains. ago, we shouldn't bust trains. them in, we should put trains in. And yeah. I agree with that well, because, it, it, you know, it, it made, their, made their mayor, you know, start to, to put his money where his damn mouth was. And now he looks like a fool in front of the nation. So I'm, yeah. glad, I'm, I'm grateful to Santos and I'm grateful to Abbott on that one. You know, and Let I'm just saying that. I want to get on all those. Let's get on all those January six. Yeah, let's get on those January six people who's rotting in jail and didn't even don't even. Well, get they're political prisoners. But here's the but problem. But we're all you know, you know, right, Steve. Oh, oh. If 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 we if we hold a tr- if Trump holds a rally there, I'll bring I'll bring some progressive congressmen to that. How's that sound? I would love Fantastic. to do that. I I agree. I completely agree with you. I well, let's let's talk about that real quickly. Just because we have limited time here, that to Steve, do you see as I see that the places where the Progressive Caucus and the Freedom Caucus agree, we need to start talking because it's not Democrat versus Republican anymore. It's a deep state. It's it's the globalist, deep state, corrupt state yeah. against those of us that love our country. And I can agree with a progressive that we both love our country and disagree with how to how to make it better. So, Steve, do you see the critical nature of this, um, and how can 100%. we work with? Perfect. I've said that okay, from the ahead. beginning. I said first okay. you take the independents and you take the non-affiliates, and then you come up to to the Democrats who are not far left, because you know we have a far right, we got a far left. We got to get all the people in the middle where most people are, um, and we have to talk to them. And I got to tell okay. you that General okay. Flynn is getting a database of all Democrats, independents, and Republicans, and we'll come out to them doing exactly what you're talking about. So we're going to be talking about that on Saturday at uh, Clay Clark, and, you know, invite anybody who's in Florida to come to the Clay Clark event. There'll be Mm -hmm. a ton of speakers. Um, There's other events coming up, Turning Point. You know, we got to get the young people involved, and we got to get, you know, I work closely with Taya Boyer and um, Charlie Kirk in getting people involved. They have a lot of people going out. I want them sending bills in. <laughs> so, Steve, if you can imagine all the Turning Point folks, all the, 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 the Moms for America and all these different groups, if these people would simply just on their computers take two minutes to copy the link to a bill, and we've got plenty of them. I'll explain them later. I'll, I'll send them to you. And just send it in. Send it to media. Send it to talk yeah. shows, podcast hosts. Well, we'll, get send, if, we'll get you on. We'll get you on. We understand because. money's tough. If money's tough, you can't give. But this okay. doesn't cost but, anything. You know, sharing, a link, anything. Yeah, sharing a link doesn't cost <laughs> anything yeah yeah I, I agree greg that's a great idea that's why we set yeah. it up this way so it would be easy to do okay yeah um, i mean it's, Steve, just, I... it's just sharing a link it's just yeah. nothing yeah so get it out there you know if you can't give money that's understandable you know we're all you know 60 percent of americans are living paycheck to paycheck that's unacceptable 
Yeah. That's well, I hope Steve responds to the show. I'll talk to him off the air about that. But let me, Steve, uh, let me ask you one. Uh, here's, here's a big question. Um, because a lot of people focus on candidates and elections and things like that. And I made the decision years ago that as long as you have two parties controlling things, we don't have a choice in elections. We have a choice which the two parties give us. You know, and so yeah. I, you know, I even have, I, was th- I haven't written this bill yet, but I was thinking of writing a bill that nobody can belong to a party while they're in office or running for office. Now, the parties can obviously exist and spend lots of money on behalf of candidates. But if you're in Congress, you're representative to your party first over your constituents. So this is why I went to work with the laws, because if you change the laws and you set people free with good laws and good legislation, we have a bill that I think Bianca would love. On uh, no, there's no income tax withholding while you're earning your standard deduction amount. Why? Because that money was is going to come back to you next year in the tax refund anyway. Why not give it to you up front and just not take it? So simple things like that. But the parties won't do that. The the deep state won't. Um, but as long as people are let me sum this up here. As long as people are representative to their party first and to their constituency in the country second, we're going to have a problem. And so this is what focused on laws instead of on on candidates and elections. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I agree, and I think we'll get you out there as many as you can okay. so you can start to tell okay. people this. You know what I mean? That's the whole key. You have some good points. Uh, yeah. The question is, if you don't get people elected that will support you, that's some of the big mm-hmm. problems. You know, I think a lot of people uh, that are running today will be behind you 100%. We just got to get okay. them elected. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of people in Congress, as you see, who just want to do what they want to do. Like you said, the deep state, the deep state is getting deeper, and the, our patriots are getting... Less and less, you know, we're getting less accomplished. Well, this See, is we're running out of time, point. so I want to yeah. just say I appreciate you yes, having sir. me on. I'm glad to come back on another time. Um, and hopefully some of your listeners, again, will go to Stern 1054 Gmail or give me a call at 954-318-692, and let's get involved. I'll I always end up with action, 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 as you know when you're listening to my... Well, you're on Action Radio, so you're in the right place, sir. <laughs> appreciate you're having you right on. Thank you. Hey, uh, Steve, real quick. I, I just, you know, one thing for, for Trump, uh, I, I, I tell him I said to buck up, you know, I, the, the mump, the mopey Trump isn't doing it for me. I like cocky Trump, you know, <laughs> I don't, this, I assert, you know, you know what, it's, instead of like being, uh, you know, all down about this, he should like, he should have a barbecue at the, at the courthouse, you know, and just have, well, he's doing a lot a of stuff carnival. behind yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes you don't know about, you don't hear about. You know, there's a lot going on in Mar-a-Lago coming up with a lot of events, and he's doing a lot of this, uh, uh, what do you call it, club, his golf club. Uh, so he's doing a lot of that stuff. He's pretty visible right now, which is surprising with all the lawsuits and everything going on, how he even has time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a little that yeah. actually would help him. But, by, you know, uh, the thing is, it's actually working for him. That's the thing. Yeah. He's actually yeah. getting pop- more and more popular the harder they hit. So I understand it's it's annoying for him, and it's, and it's you know it's it's hurtful, but at the same time it's just demonstrating how much support there is for the guy out there. So it's, it's kind of a mixed and, bag, yeah. But and we hear it all the time. Know, anyway, I got to run myself. I want to tell okay. all your listeners that I've got a great program, and you and people can express their views, both Democrat, Republican, Independent, which is great. We need more mm-hmm. radio and TV stations like that. So thank you again for having me. Um, any last questions? I gotta, I gotta run to another show. No, they're gonna cut us off here. Actually, yeah, anyway. there's one, there's one rumor I, I have to dispel. Go for it. Have you ever been on an airboat chase with the late great Burt Reynolds? No. 
Okay. okay, I thought well, that that seemed a little out there, but thanks, thanks for being on. It was a, you're a good guy, Steve. Uh, and uh, that's, that's nice what my you. wife says. <laughs> okay. I love it. Well, I'll be talking Take to you. Care, I'll be get you off the air, and uh, we'll continue this, Steve. Take care. Righto. Bye bye. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye now. So, Bianca, first of all, thank you so much for bringing Steve on. That was fabulous. And secondly, we're about to find I, I out knew you guys had... would have like a bromance oh, session, so I just... We had a great time. Yeah, <laughs> this was really fun. Well, see, yeah. I want to, see, I've always wanted to connect with the Trump campaign. I want to meet uh, Donald Trump, uh, not because, I, you know, I think he can help me like everybody else wants. They want something from him. I think I can help him. And so providing yeah. these bills, and I don't expect, nobody understands the bills first time because it's complex and there's a lot to it. But we're going to find out here in about 35 seconds whether we get overtime or not. I think they may have changed the rules of blog talk. So if we get cut off, we'll know for sure. <laughs> you know, and if not, well, oh, we right. get a little extended we'll time. For... We're, we're about to find out, 27 seconds. This is like waiting for the rocket launch, all right? Okay, anyway, well, in the but... meantime, I'd, I'd like uh-huh. to talk about like the, sure. uh, the Harry Sent Me campaign. Yes, okay, please. so just so your listeners know, in 1987, Nancy Pelosi stole her job from gay rights leader and Harvey Milk protege Harry Britt. He ran against her. <clears throat> she somehow managed to beat him. So this is the Bianca Von Krieg, Taylor Swift, Harry Britt, maybe why not shut up, 2023-24 revenge tour. That's what this is going to be. This is the Harry sent me revenge tour of Harry Britt. Okay. I think we have overtime. You're still on. I'm still on. Then I guess we have overtime. I'm still on. (laughs) Okay. They didn't change it. Okay. So that's good to know. So then I don't have to jam in my uh, uh, ads and announcements during the show. So this is really good. I'll check the podcast just to make sure. But yeah, so now we have some extra time. Um, so and it was Steve, nice having Steve interview. on too. Well, he's fabulous. Yeah, it was, but it's it's interesting yeah. that um, he and I heard all those same stories on other podcasts. So he's so used to telling them. I wanted to get beyond the stories and, and, and really, this is why the, the last half hour I think was better than the first half hour. Although the stories are important, it's good for people to know who Steve is. I had no idea <clears throat> how I missed him. I don't know, but uh, I just completely our paths have not crossed. He's very popular in in the hard right media outlets like. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Bannon's channel on, uh, I think it's no, RAR, America's Voice. You know, I yeah. may have even seen him and not known it. But uh, because I'm so involved in my own show that, uh, I mean, people yeah. send me, If you're you know, working 10, seven 15, days a week, yeah, you are, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm kind of it. Plus, uh, you know, it's, it's basically me and the reporters. You know, and reporters that, like you have another life. You're doing all kinds of stuff. I don't have a, I don't have like staff reporters. People do what they do. Uh, like uh, Bonnie, who's on right before you, has her own radio show on Saturdays. So she does a lot of you know things she can report here. She can't report on that station because I don't care. I want it. I want the information. Um, but it's it is. And I think Steve. The only reason he came on was he recognized what you and I recognized that the progressives and the conservatives or me. You know, I'm like I say anti-federal. I make conservatives look like weenies. Um, that we have more in common simply because we love our country more than we have differences. And the real enemy is the deep state that is trying to destroy this country. Absolutely. And, and so this is, well, what do you think? Let me ask you before you, I know you got some other stories. Let me ask you about Robert Kennedy uh, declaring as an independent because he he cannot win in the Democrat party. So the real problem is the Democrat party. How is it that Bernie Sanders and Robert Kennedy, you know, classic Democrat, traditional Democrats, liberal Democrats, good Democrats, you know, I believe they believe what they believe. They're sincere. They're honest. They're honorable. I disagree yeah. more so yeah. with Bernie, uh, but that's okay. I have much more respect mm-hmm. for Bernie and Robert Kennedy than I do a, a so-called Republican rhino. I never got to tell Steve what I call them, the, the GOP oh, yeah. and the, geld, the gelding old party here. So, yeah. 
No, I no, no, you're absolutely right. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that you know, like I, we've talked about before, you know, Biden is just down for the count. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everybody is just like kind of running for the exits right now. Well, the why White is he being House. tolerated? Uh, the Democrats and the Republicans tolerating, and as far as I'm concerned, because you know, everybody knows that he didn't it, win. It's the same. Why it's the same him? thing as it is. With, it's the same thing as it is with Feinstein, right? You know, the staffers are running the show, so now it's their day okay. in the sun, so to speak, okay. even though they're doing it from behind the scenes. So that's why they're being tolerated because, you know, it's, it, it, I believe it's their constitutional duty to 20, you know, to 25th the guy, even though, you know, the, the result would be much worse. It would be like a Kamala Harris presidency. I don't think she'd be worse. But, I think she'd be just as bad, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't think he could be well, worse. Well, it's not, it's not good. The point is it's not going to be good. Yeah. No, and, it's not. Uh, so, and it's the same thing with Feinstein too. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, she just kept, you know, clawing along to the end. And I don't think her staffers were, were, you know, letting her do the right thing. They were just like, no, we're, no, now we're in complete control of the situation. There's right. even, uh, stories on progressive media about, you know, uh, Pelosi, one of Pelosi's daughter, her seldom heard, uh, heard from Corianne was kind of it moved into Feinstein's house. That's true. Mm-hmm. And she was, and she was kind of pulling the strings to her daughter. And I wouldn't pass, put it past Pelosi at all. I mean, there's a reason why the, I was able to turn the Archbishop against her. Okay, mm, she's not a good person. So, yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's definitely, you know, I saw in, on uh, on one of these conservative stations that they're like, well, Bobby's going to take away, you know, votes from um, Biden, but he's also going to take away votes from Trump too. You know, keep in yes, mind that people in 2016 who couldn't vote for Bernie Sanders didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. They voted for Donald Trump, and that's that's huge. That t- that speaks volumes about what's going on in our society. You know, to, to sit there and go, I can't get Bernie Sanders, but I'm going to get I'm going to vote for a Republican. I'm going to go from voting in the far left to whatever Donald Trump is, is right. So. <clears throat> And that says they're tired of the bullshit. They're tired. They want change. They don't want another mm-hmm. deep state candidate who just spouts, you know, memes and tropes. But they want actual change because they're suffering. You know, these stats are real. Eighty-one percent of the bottom eighty, uh, of the bottom part of America owns just seven percent of its wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that that used to, that used to be way, way, way lower. You know, like no, I agree you know, with 20, you. 30 the, years the, ago. The middle class is the way to, to prosperity. Paycheck. Yeah, middle class, yeah. Uh, middle, a viable middle class. Where, yeah, where people can take vacations and own cars and have one, you know, uh, spouse working or, or the equivalent time that one spouse works. You know, that's the way to go. In lower taxes, uh, you know, and a decent standard of living. And like I said, well, we have different ways we to get, get there. there. But, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, just realized that, yeah, we have different ways. But the point is that you should be able to support, you know, a four-person family yeah, on, it, on, on the equivalent of one person working, whether it's two people working 20 hours or one working 40 or whatever. It doesn't matter. But you, you should have, you know, the equivalent of, of, a, of a family parent and a working parent. And they can switch over and however it's arranged. But if you have however two However, they parents, want to do it, but they should have the right. choice. They, yes. have, they should have a choice. They don't have any choices anymore. This is the land of the free. How? You know, you know your, your, your ideas and well, time. four bucks will get you a cafe latte at Starbucks. So yeah. it's, it's really Time not, is it's, freedom. You know, that's, you know, if you spend all your time, time working, freedom. you don't exactly. have freedom. Money yeah. is freedom. Yeah, yep. yeah exactly. I, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> and that's why, you know, we're not, 
you know, people like you and me, and hopefully, you know, I can, you know more people from Steve's um, circles, are, we're not going to get sucked into these ridiculous tropes of theirs about abortion mm. or changing the names of schools or statues. You know, we're going to yeah. focus on the money. We're going we're gonna to attack these people at the core. We're not going to let them get away with it. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it right here in San Francisco. That was a very dark day for me on the 23rd. But it was, it was also a victorious day because we got them in a corner. There was no place they could hide. They couldn't blame their problems on Trump or the MAGAs. Mm-hmm. They, could, they couldn't you know, take any other political refugee. They had to just admit that they were greedy, amoral people who didn't give a mm-hmm. shit about the people in this city. So, and that, you know, we're going to be launching a huge thing from there. We're going to, you know, we're, the, the campaign against Pelosi is going to be picking up. A lot of things are going to be happening. And, um, oh, this is very know, exciting. So, yeah, I wish, I wish is, Bobby well. I wish. Yeah, I do too. I want him on the show. Uh, in fact, we had, yeah. uh, I sent you the show yesterday with, um, uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf, and, and I invited Dr. Judy Mikovits on. Those two are both experts in their field. They're both giants in their in their different fields. But I had a feeling they never talked. So I talked to Judy about that beforehand. So you listen to those. So you want to talk about interesting opportunities and people crossing over from completely different areas. They might be working together. Who knows? So that's kind of what we do here too. Is we bring people together. I have together Trump advisors advising uh-huh. me. I have, really? I have Trump former Trump advice. Yeah, and I also have some of AOC's former people too. And oh, AOC was... has former Trump advisors on her on her payroll. Really? Too. So yeah, a lot. There's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of mix around going up. So why um, are they doing that? Is it because they they just like advising, or they actually, or is it, are they more cause oriented? Are they are they goal oriented, or just or just job money oriented? That's just what they like doing. Doing big it's, it's a little advisors. bit of both. I would I would okay. say it's mostly um, cause oriented, but um, you okay. know there is the there is the self survival instinct in Washington. Okay, like you know you can't change the world if you can't pay the rent, so to speak. So <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's well, why that's why you know Fauci's been passed down since like Reagan or something like that. You know? Oh, um, don't, you, touch, you know, don't touch Judy Mikovits about uh, Fauci. <laughs> he hates him. Right. Uh, yeah. And with good reason, he had her you know imprisoned. So. Uh, it's an, and gag orders and taking all her material. Oh yeah, oh, so the story's incredible. Uh, so Judy, this Judy's a friend, and so uh, you know we we talk all the time about stuff. But uh, she's friends with Bobby Kennedy because Bobby wrote the forward to her book, Plandemic Three. So she's in contact with him. So I'm just like, Judy, can you get Bobby? You know, well, let me think about that, Greg. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing because he's busy, right? But you never know. I mean, don't be surprised. Oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it for you too. I'm in his. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm involved in his campaign. Well, you know, I'm on the finance the committee. Oh, perfect. But here's the thing, too. Yeah. You know, when I look at this, I, I don't This is why I don't care about candidates. I don't care about people in office. That's not the big goal. You know, the big goal for me is to get the greatest freedom for the greatest number. And vaccine product liability uh, is not something that is a Republican or a Democrat issue. It, it's, it's a person issue. Why should this one yeah. industry be exempt from liability when my local donut shop Milton Donuts, by the way, there's a little plug, has more liability for their donuts, you know, than Big Pharma has for multi-billion dollar multinational corporate things they're calling vaccines. That's irrational to me. But that's not a Republican or Democrat yeah. issue. That's just a simple issue of, uh, of self-preservation and actually 14th Amendment, equal protection under the law. One industry cannot be exempt from liability. That's actually unconstitutional. So when you look yeah, at that's, it that way. That's why uh, we're trying to bring down Citizens United. Yeah, I, I, I might disagree with you on that. I, look, I remember the case, but there's, uh, there's something – well, in other words, can corporations spend money? Well, in the same way parties 
You know, I don't want parties spending money spend on politicians. It, but, but let's it, talk about that another time. Give me a warning so I can study up on it. But that's that's a good issue for us to discuss because uh, I remember I remember yeah. some. Uh, the, I just don't have the details in my head right now. But you th- here's another one: uh, big tech censorship. Okay, that doesn't help anybody except you know big tech yeah. invested heavily in big pharma. But we could have cured COVID. How many you know, how many people lost people because they didn't know about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? Millions of people across this country know someone who mm-hmm. my webmaster, Eric Colley, you know, died on a hospital ventilator after Remdesivir. Oh God! So this, this is personal to me. That's brutal. Okay? So every so every time yeah. I go to writeyourlaws.com, I think about my webmaster who was killed by a hospital. I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. There's no doubt in my mind at all. And so, you know, it's like almost like pay tribute to him every time I click on it. That's when it gets, ha- when it gets hacked and, and taken offline, which is done like about two times a week now. I get furious. But we found a way to, to bring it back immediately. So that's, that's not that big an issue. But the point is that if we had full knowledge, I wrote, you see my article, you know, the, the cure for COVID was freedom. If we had full information, freedom of information, there would have been no pandemic because there would have been no government response that created one. This is curable. So little, little things like that make Profound changes. Uh, here's the bill I think you'd love to to uh, promote. Uh, it's the 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 no withholding of income while you're earning your standard deduction amount. So in other words, nobody's taxed on income until they've earned the thirteen thousand whatever it is, uh, whatever the standard deduction is that year. So that way you don't you know most well, people because like that won't. Well, yeah. yeah, but people won't have to you know, I've always return. been a fan of like pre-legislating. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know why like candidates who are running for office. Say, can we agree on a bill that we would sign right now and post date or whatever, so that when we get elected, it comes into it comes in. Well, that's actually a good idea. No, that's really they should they should they should pre uh, Pre write their bill. Pre legislate. So tell us what bills you're going to be filing. Spell it out, and if it's two thousand pages of BS, then I'm not voting for you. Yeah, that seems pretty simple. That's that's a really good idea. Get all the parties to sign it. And then it's you know it's an it it, it goes automatically to the floor no. when they get elected. Yeah. But they I think, and well I, I'd be happy if they just post the bills that they would they're willing to pass. Hey, I want to put I want to post a bill on uh, vaccine product liability and people go okay well we've already. But got you got to get their signature on it so they can't go back on it you know right. Well I have endorsement I have an endorsement uh, at the bottom of any you should look at our bills uh, all our bills can be endorsed mm. and those get posted. You know, Dr. Zelenko endorsed uh, a couple of our bills and he's passed on now but I've still got an endorsement because he was my friend. You know, so I've gotten to know some. Yeah, you know, I was people. I was the only Democrat to sign the pledge for term limits. That put, hmm. that puts me right there with Ted Cruz and Matt Gates. You know, um, are you sure you're progressive? Because those guys signed. <laughs> I, that happens all the time. Like, I, you know, I get Republicans trying to turn me. Like, you know, like, hey, why don't you come to this event? Like, no, I do you know, you know, how I roll. And like, oh, come on, you know, like. No, I really am progressive. I just like there's issues that we have that mm-hmm. we can work on again, and that's what yeah. I do. And you know, we did it during the recall. It was great. Yep. I mean, that was a chance. You know, and believe me, they got really nasty at the recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in. I I I attended. I don't at least 50 meetings during during that time period. You know, Zoom meetings across the state, up and down the state, with Democratic parties and clubs. And they had a man there on every call saying, don't even think about getting into the, into the, into the governor race or you're, or you're done. You're dead. Seriously, really? That's what they did. They had, yeah, democratic. It, was, it was nasty because yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. You know, it just shows who they really are. 
And the reason why is, is for the same reason I brought up that poll earlier. They didn't mm-hmm. want, you know, Democrats didn't want a Newsom administration anymore, who, by the way, is Pelosi's nephew, for those who don't know. Yeah, that's, um, that should be repeated <clears throat> off. Yeah. Yeah, they they didn't yeah. they didn't want that anymore. They wanted a, a real democratic government, not a Newsom, you know, democratic governor who just goes and has dinners with the French Laundry, you know, in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic without wearing his mask. And, I've never been there, but that is yeah. one of the fanciest restaurants in California. That's a that's a you've yeah. got to wait a year to get in there. Right? Never We're not valid. talking about just this is this isn't like Waffle House, folks. Okay, we're talking a serious restaurant here. <laughs> No, not the Waffle House. No, definitely not the Waffle House. We don't have those in California, um, yet, do you? Or have they moved? No, in? no, they don't. But oh, I got they a have Denny's, house. which are kind of dying out. Um, mm, Waffle House kind of a shame because it was actually <laughs> like pretty good yeah. value. I thought. Hey, listen, after parties but, in uh, college, Denny's, you know, four in the morning. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, they, we should wrap they it up. actually started. They <laughs> actually ahead. created a menu, and and after an after dark menu, and it's like two dollars more for everything. Really, I was like. Get, yeah, get drunk. out of here. Like, no, yeah, we used I to go to the fact, we place. They're, they're drunk and desperate, and it's the only place that's open. So right. there you go. But, yeah, with that said, i gotta, I, I got to go, too. Okay. Um, Contact information? Uh, it was, yeah, so uh, Bianca for SanFrancisco.org. That's how we beat Pelosi. We're training uh, at-risk youth. You know, send however, many, however much you can. 20 bucks would be nice. Uh, there's a there's a give button on there, you know. Also, you can just Google Bianca von Krieg, V O N K R I E G, and you'll see all my links and all clips from all my movies and things. Don't watch those, but um, yeah, um, you know, please support us. We're we're trying to fight the good fight, and mm-hmm. we really want people from across the nation to 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 give us money so that Pelosi will see it on that report that she gets. You know, every every quarter it prints up and it says, seeing like people from like Tennessee and Florida and West Virginia giving like twenty bucks to to end. We should get on with Steve uh, Bannon. Uh, see if see if uh, Steve Stern can get you on with Steve Bannon. I mean, I want to get him to get me to meet Trump, but so why we, not? We we're, we 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 talk to all those people, and okay. uh, you know, Steve is the only guy who is you know cool. Well, he's he's smart, and he also he's been around. He's 82 years old, so Steve understands yeah. the dynamics of all this. He's seen parties come and go. He's seen people come and go. Causes come and go. Fads come and go. And he realizes that, that most Americans are basically good people, and that uh, we don't have to agree on everything. But as long as you're you know for the country, uh, then the rest of it we can figure out. But there are those. But the real enemy is those who hate the country or oppose this country, who want to destroy yeah. this country for their own selfish reasons, or are making money off this country, making money off death, making money off war, making money off the central bank, the Fed. Uh, I don't think Steve realized it, but that, uh, that constitutional amendment would get rid of the Fed. It would, it would overrule the Federal Reserve Act. You know, so there's a lot I'm of sure things he'd like there. something like that. It's a really powerful bill. So, uh, um, yep. Uh, anyway. That's, 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 the, that's the progressive report for this Wednesday, October 11th, and we will see you folks next, uh, next week. Thank you again. I really appreciate you bringing Steve on. That was fabulous. And I appreciate your report. We'll talk to you next week. More, more to come. More to yep. come. I'm working on you more. Bet. All right. Thanks, Bianca. Have a good week. You Bye-bye. too. Take care. All right. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink 
that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom. No liberty. No guns. No representation. No oil. No coal. No nuclear power. No space force. No constitution. No family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. (laughs) I still love that. That was actually made before the... uh, uh, the 2020 elections that were stolen. Um, and Bianca and I disagree on that, and that's okay. Um, this has been a fascinating day, uh, from from Bill to Wendy to Bonnie to Bianca to Steve. I really appreciate everybody that was on the show today. This was incredible. And tomorrow we've got Jason Shepard back, Jason Shepard, who has Winkin Social Media, and I'll be telling him all about the stuff we're doing here. This is just unbelievable. <laughs> I'm really happy. Anyway, uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. At 7 a.m. Central Time, we've got two free hours, and we've got Jason. So we have a lot of time to catch up on news, uh, things that we're talking about, Obama, Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, and, and different things like that. I'll be presenting the American arms uh, from, from the Taliban that uh, Brandon uh, surrendered uh, to the Taliban for no reason uh, and have ended up uh, in the hands of Hamas killing Americans and everybody else. Lots to talk about. It's going to be a busy day. And then Friday, of course, Friday is a, b- a busy day, too. We've got – let me look at my calendar real quick. We've got our usual folks. We've got Tara D with the Animal Shelter Report. We've got uh, Derek Park with the Financial Report. We've got a special guest. Uh, actually, 8 o'clock, I don't know. Oh, at 8 o'clock, we have our two new gun reporters, uh, Candy Pettacord and uh, John Delmonico. And so they're, they're going to be both busy. So I've got like four reports in a row on Friday. And then I have a special guest, Jenna McCarthy. Jenna McCarthy wrote a book with Dr. Pierre Corey um, on, on ivermectin, the wonder drug. So it's busy. It's always busy here. That's just what we do. Let me leave you with a little Beethoven to send you on your way, and I will talk to you again tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, when we do it all again.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.